One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big-money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberaldan.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone, but I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberaldan.com. Growleft.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. Nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. If you do want to call in before Hal gets here, uh, you can call in. Just go ahead and leave a message in the chat saying what area code you're calling from over on YouTube, uh, because uh, we want to avoid any of those, you know, troll callers. I want to make sure that people who call in are people who need to be calling in and not people who want to troll. Anyway, if you're listening, uh, you can also leave your questions and comments in the chat as well over here on youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Uh, please remember to like and subscribe. I'm trying to hit 1,000 subs by the end of the month. It's going to be tough to hit that milestone, but I think we can do it, and I need your help to do it. So, uh, And if I do it, it'll be because of all of, uh, because of Hal Sparks and all of the sparklers, the fellow Hal Sparks types. So I, I, once I hit 1,000, I plan on doing several things monetarily to benefit Hal um when that happens so uh you can help how along the way as well and you can do it for free just share videos so everybody know hey we're trying to get this guy up to a thousand um if you're listening after the live broadcast you can always leave your comments questions concerns over at the show thread at liberaldan.com at facebook.com slash liberaldan and at liberaldan radio radio on twitter as well as here on youtube as well again at the bottom half of the hour at 8 30 my time central uh, 630 House. We will be having House Sparks returning onto the show. I'm assuming he won't be falling asleep this time like he did last month. But, you know, it's all good. You know, wait, hold on. 
He needs Trump needs to say it something. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, you know, I actually last month I that was my first guess. I was like, he's very he's very busy that day, and I was like, you know what? He probably fell asleep because he was doing a lot of stuff that day, and I was right. So there you go. Um, Hey, Aaron, thank you for joining us. No, no worries about being late. Hakuna Matata. Hello, everybody who's coming over from Hal. And I'm sure, I don't know if Hal has uh, finished his show yet, but, you know, he, uh, he'll he be here in about a half hour or so. Um, you're very welcome, Holly Berry. Uh, I do like to, you know, I do, I do like to follow back people, you know, especially if, they, if they're people who seem to be very active on Twitter. You know, I might not follow back people you know, who have like five or 10 followers, you know, because I think they restrict how many followers you can have. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if you follow me, I want to follow you back just because I want to be supportive. If you subscribe to my channel, if you have, if you have content on your channel, I want to subscribe back to you as well. Because uh, I think everybody uh, should be um, helping everybody to promote. Because as I talked about in the early in the intro with my growleft.liberalband.com, it's not just about fundraising uh, to help spread liberal messages and promote liberal podcasts and blogs and YouTube channels and radio shows that, you know, building up a farm team. It's also about, you know, helping all of us helping out each other. So that's why on over at liberaldan.com, I have a support these creators uh, page that you can click on and you can get links to um, Ken, Ken's podcast, Ken and Andrea's podcast, Andrea's podcast. Uh, I think Trucker linked over to Trucker John TV two, uh, and a bunch of other pages as well. Uh, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, as well as uh, Demonox, Hal, and how to support everybody as well. And also, you can, if you can't afford to support me monetarily, um, you could always, again, again, subscribe, follow all the places I am on social media. But if you can, you know, I have Venmo, you can buy me a cider, go click, go to liberaldan.com, click on the buy me a cider button, or click the link that Aaron shared as well or you can go to patreon.com slash liberal and support there for as little as three bucks a month um what's up Valerasia? how's it going feet on the dashboard uh holly okay holly Barry, ken Suze, kimchi welcome thank you for coming back sandy dark brandon <laughs> nice um over on i i'm also nerdy dan nerdydan.com and i have twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com as well and last night uh, Aaron was was with me and some other folks were watching as well. Um, Water Goddess, I believe, was well. Um, and we, uh, I, I finally won the easier version of the Cult of the Lamb game. And my cult of, in my cult's name and Cult of the Lamb was the Cult of Dark Brandon. So that was fun. And I mean, I think tomorrow night I'm going to try and up and up the levels and try and win it on a more difficult setting. So you can also join me over there as well. I think we got everything out of the way in less than eight minutes. So LS, how's it going? Um, appreciate you muchly. Um, let's see. I was talking about the fundraiser that I'm also trying to do a little bit later. Let's, let's get to some of the topics first that I want to talk about before Hal gets on. Uh, we might talk about with Hal about this as well. The first thing, I wanted to bring this up last week, and I, I'm fairly certain I forgot. I'm fairly certain that I forgot to bring this up. And that was the whole concept of quiet quitting. And now if, if I did bring it up and I'm just forgetting because I talked about a whole b- bunch of random stuff because last week was more like a stream of consciousness than anything, I want to, you know, it is what it is. Oh, sorry, that's, that's Donald's line. It is what it is. 
But, you know, there's a whole big controversy stirred up of, of so-called quiet quitting, or as other people like to say, acting your wage, uh, which uh, basically this whole idea comes down to uh, that corporations uh, feel that they're entitled to free labor, that they want to be able to get as much work out of you for as little money as possible. So they figured out a way to make you feel guilty over not doing enough work. And some corporations will, 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 will say, hey, we'll, we'll reward you uh, for, for going above and beyond, but then the reward is not much, if anything, at all. Uh, I remember at a previous employer, I was there for, for some years now. <laughs> Kimchi, I noisily quit. Nice. Um, I almost noisily quit that one job as well. But I, I, uh, I decided, look, my my second kid was on its way on his way he was you know i wanted to see if you know maybe i could up my position in the company see if 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 really if putting in hard work was going to be worth my while if, if it was going to if that could show you know if, if it would show that hey i'm willing to put in the extra effort y'all are willing to pay me for it y'all are willing to reward me for it by by getting raises now in some bot jobs if you do put in the hard work and, and work for that raise and they give you the raise then your extra work that you're putting is, is an investment to your future paycheck. Uh, however, in some businesses, it's not. So the place that I was working at, I got the highest review score that year. They, it was clear that they recognized the fact that I was, that's the best effort I've had put in to that point at that job. And I got the lowest merit increase rates. And I'm just like, what? So when you do things like that, it, it makes it so that people don't want to bust their butt. They'll do just like office space. They'll do the absolute minimum that they can do in order to not get fired. They'll, they will, they will do their job to the letter in order to make sure that, you know, they're going to keep getting employed, but they're not going to go above and beyond because there's no reason to go above and beyond. So, and I think that this whole, you know, problematic, you know, pushback by corporate America against this whole idea of quiet quitting is simply because they understand that people are getting what they're doing and they don't want them to stop. So they want to guilt you into doing it. And there's some people that was, I, I had a guest um, on my show like years back named Jerome Schroeder. I really like her. She's a good author. She's good. She, she's a good reporter. She you know, knows her stuff. We agree on so much stuff, but she brought up the point that it's much easier for people of privilege to say that they're going to quiet quit. And then when they do that, it's going to uh, negatively impact their other workers who are less likely to be able to do that. And I'm like, you know, ultimately today, you know, I'm all for understanding and rec recognizing your privilege. I'm all for doing that. Uh, but, you know, it's not my job to put in extra work for my employer just to make other people feel good. You know, we should, we should be, have solidarity amongst the workers without me having to be guilted into doing more work that doesn't get compensated. So it took me long to figure out a closed mouth don't get fed. One of the reasons I didn't make as much as my counterparts because I didn't ask. Wish it didn't have to be that way. Um, unfortunately, when you, uh, I think in my previous job, like they didn't, you could ask for a raise. They wouldn't, they, they didn't matter. You, you got raises particularly, and your raises were tied to, um, your raises were tied to um, your merit increases. So whatever your merit increase was, you, you would get the, your merit times, whatever the raises were that year. And that's it. So they gave lower raises that year. And so I got a higher percentage of a lower amount. 
Uh, there was one year where they actually kept, did a, implemented a retention type of raise where a lot of the newer employees got like a, a, a little bit of a bump uh, because they understood that they were underpaying their employees and they didn't want them leaving. But I don't think many people who I work with there are still there, be they because they retired or because they found better work otherwhere. I think the only person that I know of who's still working there uh, is somebody who's really bright, but he was able to, to navigate the system and get paid. Like they made it, they made exceptions for that guy all day long and Hey, more power to him. I'm not mad at him for that, but sometimes you got to know where the bodies are buried, I guess. Hey, Julie, what's going on? Julie Swenson, the first liberal band radio producer, uh, as a producer subscribing at the producer level over at patreon.com for shout out to that. Also want to give shouts out to uh, first liberal band uh, patron, Demonox. Uh, you got Alan drifter, i.e. Chris, uh, shouts out to Chris. He lost his mother today. Very sorry. Yesterday. Um, so I'm very sorry for him for that. Big shout out to you. Big love to you, man. Um, we also got Aaron, uh, Jolie, uh, Wes, Miss anybody? Oh, Cesar from California. So anyway, so that was my little rant on, on quiet quitting. So I wanted, I had wanted to get that out last week, but I, I, I had not gotten to do so. Um, Let's go ahead. We're, we're not going to take a commercial break, I think, until after Hal leaves. Uh, but I do have some bits. Uh, and most of the bits I think I'm also going to play after Hal leaves. But I do want to uh, do, if I can find it. It's um, not that one. There it is. There's the link. Uh, every week I try and do uh, what's called the hypocrite of the week. So... This week's Hypocrite of the Week is South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. Just weeks ago, Senator Graham said that the issue of abortion should be left to the states. Now he's introducing a bill in the Senate to ban abortions at 15 weeks nationwide. So much for so-called states' rights. Of course, states don't have rights. People have rights. States have power. And Republicans believe that they should have the power to infringe on the right to body autonomy. Remember that in November. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on YouTube.com slash Liberal Day and Radio and on blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. There you go. So Lindsey Graham, I think this is the first time he was Hypocrite of the Week this year. He may have been Hypocrite of the Week previous years. Last year, the Hypocrite of the Year was uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. So, um, yeah, Aaron, thanks for liking the shirt. Uh, I kind of can't say I have the microphone in the way. I might have to adjust things, I guess, maybe during the break. I don't know. But, yeah, so... I knew it was coming before even Lindsey Graham announced that he was going to do this. I was planning on, on asking um, the radio show host that I call in, who's a conservative guy. I was like, when are y'all going to start pushing for a nationwide ban on abortion? Because y'all say it's something that belongs in the States that a state should decide, but that's not what y'all really believe. Y'all really want to have a nationwide ban. So you really don't believe that you believe the other thing. And what's interesting is, you know, Lindsey Graham is like, I, I just, he just wants a vote. He just wants a vote to be able to be put on this issue. He wants, he wants them to be able to vote. He wants to get a vote. I'm like, good. Give him the vote. Let him have his vote in the Senate. I mean, it's not, not going to pass the House. Fine. So let him have a vote in the Senate. That's just another gift for the Democrats. Why? Because it's going to show which Republicans are willing to be hypocrites on the whole, well, it belongs in the states thing, and therefore drive more people to come out uh, 
because they're mad about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So it's going to cause them to come out more. And then you're going to see how many Republicans vote against it because they, they either really believe that it should be left to the states or they understand that it's already a big political firebomb and that they're, they don't want to touch it because they don't want more people mad at them. But that's just going to get the conservatives who want to see a nationwide ban on abortions. That's just going to make them not come out and vote for them. So it's a win-win. So let them have their – let Lindsey Graham have his vote. It's probably the, one of the best things that you can do. And let him have the vote as you, once you, get, as you get closer to Election Day, like before any early voting starts, but like right before any early voting starts. No, have the vote then. Televise it nationwide. Let everybody see who's voting yay, who's voting nay. It could be the best commercial that you could have for getting out the vote and having a big blue wave this November. So, so Lindsay wants to have people talk about him, anything but his January 6th committee coming for him. Well, that's, that's true, too. I mean, they do like to do smoke and mirrors, but I think we can also uh, rock it, uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. So if we're able to do that, I think we can, we can deal with what's going on with uh, the January 6th committee hearing. I think in two weeks they're having the next hearing. I think it's scheduled for a Wednesday. I'm not sure. Uh, if it's the case, then I might either do a live stream of that for the podcast and then do the podcast afterwards, or I'll just do a, a, a follow-up with it the next day or something like that, or, or another day or a different day. Uh, Cause again, I got to work. So I got to do my full-time gig cause this isn't my full-time gig yet. So so apparently Zelensky was hurt in a car accident. Was it caused by Russia? Was it a, was it a car accident or was it a, was it a car accident or was it a car accident? Like the other mysterious deaths that are happening over in Russia. Um, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. One of the things I want to talk about is uh, there's a, the joke I kind of made over it, over in Hal's uh, house chat as well, but I, it was stro- stre- scrolling so fast. I'm not sure who saw it, but you know, you have this stuff with, you know, the, my pillow guy with Lindell, you have all these you know, MAGA folks getting arrested, getting subpoenaed, having their phones seized or whatever. Um, is, this, is this basically what cuffing season really means? Is this, uh, is this, is this cuffing season? What if, you know, for those of you who know what that is. Um, let's see. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Sandy. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Um, what else? Oh, there's the other thing that I want to be. We, we just had, you know, again, the, the 21st anniversary of 9-11. So anybody born on 9-11 can now drink, which somebody showed or shared a sign that said, um, if you, if you had, in order to buy alcohol, you have to be born on or before, uh, September 11th, 2001. And I was just like, Whoa, that's crazy. Cause I remember exactly where I was that day and everybody does. Um, but one of the things that a lot of people will say and continue to say, uh, is where were you? What's up, Teresa? Hey, Halle Berry. Where were you when just under 3,000 people died uh, on 9-11? And look, the loss of lives, tragic, obviously, and, and, and we obviously should remember those who died, the less than 3,000 who died that day. It was an attack against this country. It's something that united the country together for a common cause for the most part. Um, <laughs> nice, Elizabeth. Um, but here's the thing. 
like last year, I think yesterday or the day before, I had posted on Facebook, where were you when 190,000 people died from COVID? And now it's where were you when a million Americans died from COVID? And that, that, that's, a, that's one thing, is that we call the people terrorists who purposely took actions to fly planes into, this, into the World Trade Center, to the Pentagon, who tried to attack, I guess, maybe the White House with the plane that came down in Pennsylvania. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, they were clearly terrorists. And, but when, when you're – the intent to do something is not necessarily or, – or the, if you don't intend to do something, it doesn't excuse the harm that you do just because you didn't intend to do it. For example – if you go drunk driving, you might not intend to kill anybody, but the fact that you got behind the wheel and, and, and you're drunk and you end up killing somebody, you still get punished for that. It's still a crime. Why? Because you irresponsi- acted irresponsibly and, and neg- much, very negligently so. So therefore, you are causing harm and you should get punished for the harm that you cause. So all these people, like the people going to Sturgis, you know, like I do my, I did my, uh, my three bits. And if you want to hear them later for liberal dance, chopper city, and I can play them later. If you want, um, just let me know if, later after Hal gets off. Uh, we, I, I played one for Hal. He laughed, which was a high point of my week that week. Uh, but if you went to Sturgis and you refused to wear masks and you refused to socially distance and you refused to follow the guidelines that the health experts were telling you to do, and you're, and you're causing you cause more people to die. And I'm not going to, and including Donald Trump, and in, including the Republican governors who refused to follow, you know, these guidelines and didn't want to, you know, shut down the country, or they wanted to basically allow places to be open and re, and without restriction, uh, stuff like that. Uh, people who wanted, you know, DeSantis wanted to, you know, called him a hypocrite of the week one week because he wanted to, you know, he he believed businesses should be able to run without being impeded by government except for when businesses were doing something that he didn't like. For example, when cruise ships were coming into the terminals uh, in Florida and, and Cassandra said, you can't require them to wear masks in Florida. Well, why aren't you, why are you not telling the, why are you telling these private businesses what they can or cannot do when it comes to passengers on their ships? Huh? But again, it's hypocritical, but it's also your negligence as a leader, Trump, DeSantis, Abbott, any of the other, Big time, the you know whoever is in, I forget the name of the governor of, uh, of South Dakota, but you know that's where Sturgis took place. Uh, letting those big events happen, letting those big massive groupings happen, you know, the Tulsa rally where that killed Herman Cain. Um, you know that the only, the only reason that more people didn't die from the Tulsa rally is because of all the kids on TikTok who basically got together and organized buying up all the tickets. So. They sold out and they had to have plans for, you know, outside viewing on a big monitor. And it turned out, well, they didn't need that because they really, really didn't have that many tickets sold because it was all the people that were signing up to go were people who were not ever going to go because they were doing it to troll uh, Trump and his campaign. But enough, you spread a lot of stuff there. I mean, I think just from Sturgis, I think the math, the math of Sturgis is they basically said – that about 260,000 people probably got, probably got COVID from Sturgis because of the large amount of people that went to Sturgis 
and then all of them went back to their hometowns. And then those, the COVID that was spread to Sturgis then spread in their hometowns. So if the death rate of COVID is 2%, then you're, you're, that means 5,000 people could have died from Sturgis, which is over the amount of people that died from 9-11. So why should we not look at those people as badly as we look at the terrorists? I mean, and in my Facebook thread about that on my personal page, someone was like, well, what about intent? I'm like, intent's irrelevant because of the whole drunk driving thing. You don't intend to kill people when you drive drunk, but when you do, you're held responsible for it. It's easy as that. Uh, let's see. No smoking in bars, restaurants, people going to live longer versus decades ago. That's another thing. People were, I think I discussed this on previous, previously on another show that people were complaining about smoking and people, you know, banning smoking in bars. And I'm like, well, it used to be you could smoke in an airplane. It's ridiculous that you could, that we allowed people to smoke in airplanes 70 years ago, maybe now at this point, at least maybe 60, maybe 50. But there is a decent, uh, there are people who are alive today who flew in airplanes where they smoked in the flying tin can and they had smoking and non-smoking sections, but does that really matter when you're on a tin can flying through the air? No. Uh, so we've taken, because the basic thing is that you should have the right. I'm all for individual rights. I'm all, clearly, I'm all for body autonomy. I'm all for the, the right of you to do whatever it is that you want to do as long as it's not harming anybody else and as long as everybody who's doing it with you consents. Well... Uh, when you start smoking, if you're smoking in a in a, in a restaurant that those waitress waiters and waitresses can't consent, you shouldn't be able to smoke. You know, you shouldn't be able to subject other people to your smoke. You want to smoke in your house? Fine. You want to smoke in your car? Fine. You want to smoke outside where you're not near anybody? Fine. That's your choice to do that. You shouldn't get to put other people at risk. And the same logic applies should have applied to COVID. But again, you know, we had a president who admitted that he didn't want to uh, step down. Bah, 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 bah. Day 26. I don't think, I don't think that's, is that how? Did anybody from the uh, call from, from the chat room? Uh, let me know. I, I don't think that's how, but let's give it a, a, a few minutes. And that's how hit one and hit one again. Well, I guess I don't. I mean, it could, it could be anybody, whatever. Um, I don't think that's how's number. Let me let me look. I think I have it somewhere. Um, let's see. First and foremost, the first thing I'm going to do before we do get to how um, I did want to talk about if that is how. Um, yeah. And again, I had. I'm sorry about the a slight delay in getting to you because I do want to make sure because we did have some. Uh, some not spammers, some trolls call in and you know drop the n word and the c word just repeatedly, and it was clearly <laughs> Bald Thanos says Hal's cat is calling. That that very could well be. Which one? Is it Chip? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. But anyway, I did want to talk about one quick thing before we we flip over, um, which is I did have a friend of mine who she my friend of mine is having to deal with uh, a child uh, being abused by the domiciliary parent with whom they share custody. Uh, but the other parent is domiciliary and 
Uh, they've been abusing the kid. I put the link in chat right now. Um, and if you can give like five bucks or whatever, cool. If you can't, do me a favor and just share it on your Facebook and, and help. I would really want to help my friend pay the legal fees in order to make sure that they can get their kid into a safe situation and maybe they can get domiciliary custody over their child. Um, so anyway, let's go ahead. I'm just going to risk it and say that this is Hal. Is this Hal? No, hi, this is Mike. Oh, hi, Mike. How's it going? What's going on? How you doing, sir? Good. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about the – you were mentioning about COVID and the right. pandemic. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to point out, and, and I'm saying this from you know, a conservative viewpoint, and I think uh, I think the reason there was a big division in the country as far as how people view the pandemic or the handling of it and the issue of masks and, you know, the vaccine mandates and school closures and things of that nature, I think it comes down to how people view government, right? So, for example, if you're a liberal, most liberals, I don't know for you specifically, but most liberals generally have a positive view of government and are more trustworthy of the government, whereas most conservatives, I'm sure you know, have a more skeptical view and a less trustworthy view of the government, right? And so what we saw, most people, what you would see as safety measures, right, people on the right would see government overreach. And I think that's where people were having this issue of, you know, when it comes to their positions and doing things differently. And I think that's kind of why the division was there. It just comes down to people's perspectives on the matter. I mean, there's, there's that, but I, I don't necessarily say that I, that I trust government. I mean, I have much more concerns. Like a lot of conservatives don't like um, the federal government and, and want things at the local level, but I have more of a problem with the government at the local level because that has a more a possibility to more directly affect me and and more directly affect people in a negative way. So I don't trust government in and of itself. I do think that government has particular roles. I wish there were less laws. You know, there there are definitely laws that should not be there, especially laws that prevent people from doing things that aren't harming anybody. But my thing is that the, one of the main goals of government uh, is to um, protect people and entities from other people and entities. Uh, that, that is the main number one goal, I think, of government. Uh, so to, to put it before guidelines that say, look, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're, you know, this, this, we're, we're not quite sure at the beginning of how all of this is spreading. So we want to be safe because we're seeing uh, death rates that we're, we're, we're uncomfortable with. We don't like what we're seeing. So we want to make sure to take cautionary measures to make sure that we do things like masking and, and you know, social distancing, et cetera. Um, and because of that, uh, and, and it, look, if, I think if Donald Trump, honestly, because while there are a lot of conservatives that might not like government, but a lot of those same conservatives love and trust Donald Trump implicitly that you, again, that might, as you say, what, how you, you know, classify liberals, that might not be me. That might not, not my, that might not be you specifically uh, when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to how you feel, but there's a large amount of people who trust Donald Trump. And I think if had Donald Trump at the very beginning said, we need to come, we need to come together as a country to, you know, fight this virus and wear a mask. It's your, it's your patriotic duty to wear a mask. You could have like, you know, sold MAGA masks on his campaign website and it would have sold out in, in minutes. Uh, he could have, you know, in, encouraged social distancing. Again, I think people on the right would have been 
much more likely to, to listen to him and follow his lead if he would have been a leader on that. But unfortunately, like he admitted to Woodward he, that he downplayed the threat. He admitted that he downplayed the threat. He want, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he wanted to slow down testing for, for only because it made him look bad, only because by, by testing more, you saw more numbers, even though an aggressive testing strategy would have enabled us to maybe restrict nationwide uh, lockdowns and maybe do targeted lockdowns of hotspots and, and not lock down other areas where hotspots weren't happening. But because he was afraid of how the numbers would look, because he wants to sugarcoat everything, that's why he wanted to slow down testing to to not eliminate it, but to slow it down. Right, to let's, let's, use a, let's use a different example because most, I think, in a lot of times, it's not a blind allegiance people have towards Trump on the right. I'll give you an example. Use a matter of vaccine. Did you see by any chance the interview when Candace Owens was, was interviewing Trump, and they, the issue of vaccines came up? And obviously, Candace Owens is on very much an anti-vax position. And essentially, right. her and, and Trump were arguing over the issue. And I think when it comes to vaccines, I mean, Trump was very adamantly pro-vaccine, pushing it, saying everyone should get vaccinated. At no point was he ever anti-vax, right? You, you would acknowledge that, true? Yeah, he did come out. Yeah, he came out. And he, even, after, even after he lost and after he left office, he was on stage, I think, with Bill O'Reilly, encouraging people to get vaccines. But he... But he and basically by saying, look, I got it, you know, if you should get it too. But he also doesn't want right. to force people um, via, I guess, uh, whatever coercive members, measures that conservatively yeah, say are implemented. But, I mean, right. we have which, those things for the measures for other vaccines. That is coercion. To, to mandate other... a vaccine is coercion, number one. That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. when it comes to, and then recently, have you seen the recent, um, there was a Senate hearing where Rand Paul was questioning uh, Dr. Fauci. And in that, I'm, he was asking him, the issue of immunization came up, and he played a clip during the Senate hearing from Dr. Fauci in 2004 when he was on C-SPAN, and a caller was in the discussion had to do with the flu vaccine at that time. And a caller brought up the issue of, if I have the flu, do I still need to get vaccinated? And in the video clip, you see Dr. Fauci say, the best form of immunization is actually being infected with the disease itself, and that's an actual stronger form of immunity than getting vaccinated. And he played that clip to Fauci, and they started a discussion along those. And he asked him why, in all the studies and, and data that the CDC and the FDA were using, why wasn't the issue of whether or not someone was infected brought up in determining, you know, efficacy of, or how effective uh, immunity is with a vaccine versus people who are unvaccinated? And they went down that road, and, and it's clear that in the data they neglected that completely, completely. And that's and it's and it's for an obvious reason. And this is the this gets to the tail end of what Rand Paul was asking, which he had when he brought up the issue of loyalties, and if there's any conflict of interest with anyone on the boards of the FDA or the CDC or anyone that approved these vaccines or the mandates or were pushing that. And Dr. Fauci in a previous Senate hearing talked about how well we don't have to disclose that. And Rand Paul ended with a statement saying. After January, if the Republicans take the Senate, we're going to change the rules and we're going to force you to have to disclose who got royalties, who got paid by the pharmaceutical industries, and if there's any conflict of interest on any of these boards that made their decisions. In my personal opinion, that's clear cut because the vaccine issue to me was much more of a financial issue. Now, you may disagree with that. You may think all this is really about saving lives and other people. I just see the mountain of money that was made. There's a mountain. 
companies like Pfizer and others made a gigantic amount of money off of this whole thing. And there were a lot of politicians who were paid off in the, in the process. And so there's a lot of other questions to be asked, and there's a lot of questions to be asked when it comes to the data. Why were certain things ignored and certain things allowed? Because it seems to me that they were trying to get a, a certain result that would justify putting into play things like mandates. Right. I mean, for okay. example, with children. I, I, I got to cut you off for a second. I let you have a very long time to speak. Um, I do. I do disagree with one thing with, in, in simply because of the fact that I um, in my in my school district uh, in New Orleans and New Orleans is very liberal. Uh, the policies when it came to, um, you know, whether or not, you know, you needed to like quarantine or not or depending on exposure did take into consideration whether or not you had you had been tested positive. For COVID within the last 90 days, they took into the effect the protective measures of being infected with the virus in determining whether or not you needed to quarantine at home or whether or not you could stay at school. And there are others, a study in, in the Israel study that did say that you had good efficacy when it came to being positive with COVID, at least for a while. But they also said that getting an additional booster on top of that made your protection even better. And, and the reason I had to cut you off, sir, real quick, I'm sorry, but we do have our guest on the show, a uh, friend of the show from uh, House Sparks Mega Worldwide, infotainmentwars.com. Uh, fellow House Spark types, please welcome House Sparks to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's great to be here. Hi, Liberal Dan. And uh, for your, uh, for the, can I quickly ju- jump in on that dude's question as well? Or, sure, absolutely. Rather his statement slash minor diatribe. Um, yeah, sure. That is, for all practical purposes, just for the record, that is uh, a garbage talking point based on lunacy, and uh, and it is there is no basis for that kind of silliness. It's <laughs> simply ridiculous. Um, do pharmaceutical companies make money on the the vaccines they put out? Yes. Do they make money on the vaccines that don't work? or that they research for a long time and then end up not putting out. No, they do not. And so um, one of the, you know, the idea that if we had one pharmaceutical company in this country, like they do, like, like with Sinovac in China, right? if we had one and that company had a, the only vaccine to the only version of the disease and all that kind of stuff, you might have a point. But not only do we have dozens of companies that were competing to solve this problem that humanity was facing, which, by the way, China is still locking down, uh, you know, all the time. Um, We had a myriad of pharmaceutical industries, universities, um, you know, individual researchers and groups that were trying to come up with the most effective and quickest way to push back against this disease that had been sprung on us relatively quickly. Um, in, in a short order that had, uh, while it, it's, you know, for the, maybe for the general public over time, we would find that if you're generally healthy, you might not have to worry about going, dying from it, but you might get long-term, like long COVID, or you might get lung disease from it. So not knowing is better to be cautious than pretending you know and just going, it's nothing, it's like the flu, and, and then people are dropping like flies. The, the assertion that this is all a big pharmaceutical money grab, I hear it from Russell Brand all the time. You hear this crap from uh, Jimmy Dore is this pile on about Pfizer somehow because theirs was the most efficacious, uh, efficacious and the quickest. And every single right. one of these talking points, there's a Russian precursor to it every single time. And it's, it, uh, it's predicated on the idea that 
the the Sinovacs didn't work. The Russians stole what information they had in the early part of testing from the AstraZeneca trials, which turned out not to be the most efficacious vaccine for it. As a matter of fact, right. the United States passed on AstraZeneca. We bought a bunch from everybody just in case the right one – we didn't know who was going to come up with it. They were all competing. The, ultimately, the AstraZeneca was not helpful, didn't actually do the job, and, and uh, ultimately the Russian vaccine works – is less efficacious specifically because they stole their information from there. And then – and they even on their way out the door planted fake – trial evidence on the heart on the uh, on the servers that they took it from to to undermine the uh like the uh, like the nhs you know creating and and uh putting out the vaccine by delaying it so and and the 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 other aspect of this that comes up a bunch is this idea that it's all based on lockdowns this is all about control they all want right. to, they want to control the people and this is how they do it okay first of all how did that work out? All it did is trigger most of the lunatics in the country who wouldn't take – you know, the, the same people that won't leave a hurricane zone when their house is made out of plywood and they're – you know, when they're in the direct path, path of a Cat 5 hurricane. Right. It just brought all those people out to bear. That's all it did. It didn't create a situation – like you're not any more apt to follow orders. Now that you've been through masking and all this crap, that it's now than you were then. It's an absurdity. So but, and, and like, here's the and here's the thing. Here's one of the absurd parts of the conspiracy theory is that they say mm -hmm. you know, that that they put all of this horrible stuff to kill you in the vaccine, and then they want you to take. They want the they want you right. want you to be sheep to take it. I'm like to me the the way if they would want people who would follow and, and be. Quote, be sheep, they would have released the virus to kill the people who wouldn't yes. take the vaccine, and exactly. then the people, the sheep who would take the vaccine would be the ones that would remain, and the people, other people would, would be killed off. So it's a bass-ackward type it, of conspiracy theory. Quite frankly, it's just it's it's a lot simpler. You know, it, you know, you wanted to depopulate the planet down to 144,000 people or whatever lunacy they want to believe. What you would do is you would create a highly transmissible disease. And that would be the methodology you would use to kill everybody, and then you would only give a functioning vaccine to those you wanted to survive. Right. The idea that you could only depopulate the, the world by the number of people you can get needles in arms just shows how stupid the people who believe this crap are about just the baseline, the, the Marshall Plan level activity it would take to needle everyone on earth to death. You want to kill – uh, according to them, seven and a half billion people, right? Minimum. Right. And the way to do it is not through the contagious disease, which would be the easiest way possible. It's by talking them all into letting you needle them three, maybe four times. It's idiotic. It's insane. It's childish. It's a waste of breath. And the fact that these folks are so committed to that part of it is the is stunning to me that I for a while there I was you know because there's there's money making in our in the healthcare industry there's certainly an sure. argument for a long time like the like the idea has been around for a long time that um there was a 
there's a, a, a spark plug you never have to change. And the big three stopped uh, you know, from getting it because they make too much money selling spark plugs. Like we grew up with that story, right? Well, there was no such thing. There was no uncorroding spark plug right. at that time. It was silly. That was dumb. It, it, it was something that hadn't been invented yet. And as soon as it was invented, you could get it, and you haven't changed a spark plug in your car unless you're a collector for three decades. Right. They didn't hide it. They, they put it in everything. So, and they went, you know what they sold you on? Paint. They started, <laughs> they sold the egonomics of, of the vehicle, not the functional part that might leave you stranded on a road somewhere. It's just more like the idea. And that, that conspiracy, that like what I would call like soft res, like low res conspiratorial thought. It's like it's not quite the earth is flat and where aliens are drinking baby milkshakes. Chemtrails. But it's, <laughs> right, yeah. It's, 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 like chem- chemtrails. chemtrails makes more sense as a conspiracy theory than the vaccine conspiracy theory, because that at least, yeah, you know, a, if they were putting crap stuff in the air, then yeah, that makes more, that makes more sense than the idea that you're going to give. And like, imagine if, if, if the vaccine were, you know, was, was created to kill people, like it would have to take a very slow time because of the long time it would take. To why actually would you just va- air, if you're chemtrailing, why don't you just right. put it in the chemtrails? If you've got right. this thing that's going to depop everybody and you have an, and you have an antidote for it, like that's the part that, like, do these people have to spend no time, like, even thinking about the chess moves required to be evil, truly evil? Do you know right. how like much work it was for the Nazis to just try to wipe out one group of people? And you think that all the Nazis in the world are somehow magically gone? Of course not. And if emulating the Earth down to just your type was as easy as everybody thinks it is, somebody'd have done it a decade ago. Right. It, it, uh, it's just so tiring after a while. Like, I, you know, well, they, they I just like to throw to... spaghetti at the wall. They love to throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. Like with the whole birther controversy, Barack Obama was both right. not born in the United States and so therefore not a citizen, but also lost his citizenship when his parents moved him to Indonesia. Like, which is it? Did he, right. Was he not a citizen at birth right. or was he? You know, like it, right. it's conflicting things because they're just hoping that one of them is going to stick. And then people be like, oh, that makes sense, but it never really does. Well, that's, you know, again, um, you can find, you really can find a, a step up since 2009 of uh, like Russian disinfo and that kind of stuff. And the, a little bit of Iranian stuff, a little bit of North Korean stuff, and a little bit of Chinese stuff. But mostly the Russians were the ones that had been working on it the longest. And the Internet just gave them a, a new road, a new avenue to allow them to you know, to pump this garbage out. And the, the example I always give is that is the moon landing. Um, right. I got news for you. We landed on the moon multiple times. It took a lot of work. People spent, you know, their, their lives and livelihoods and put their lives in jeopardy all the time trying to make it happen. We did it multiple times. We shifted to a better system to, to you know, in, in terms of we, you know, being on the moon is one thing, but, but having satellites and surrounding the Earth with a grid was way more important. So we shifted to that, and, and, the, and for all practical purposes, the space shuttle became a satellite launching and arranging facility because as it got crowded up there, it meant a lot to put them in the right place, and having a space station eventually would need this kind of stuff too. So that was it. It's, it's that, I mean, it's not, 
we're not. Uh, this is pretty practical. The decisions NASA were making were incredibly practical all the time. Right. But the Russians at one point decided they didn't have the money or the means of the wherewithal or even the intellectual capacity at one point to uh, to do anything like this to to actually make it to the moon. They knew they could like satellites and stuff. They didn't give a crap if their astronauts died, so they could send capsules up, no skin off their nose. But retrieving them, setting them down on the surface and then retrieving them is you have to actually give a shit. You actually have to care whether your astronauts survive, whether they're healthy when they come back, because you've got a longer mission in it more than just showing off. So they didn't bother. And what they realized was it was way cheaper just to convince a bunch of dummies in, in, in the United States who were, you know, edgelords and, and weren't sure that they liked the federal government anyways, you know, like state rights racists and other morons in the country just convince them that it never happened right just put, and you don't have to prove it you just have to constantly leave this doubt well that constant seed of doubt by the way fed into all the other dumb conspiracies that people believe like conspiracy on the hat shell none of them are based on you know like ponzi schemes and crap that actually happened it's all just like these little like ego pissing contests that half drunk guys can say at bars about you know they, they took us off the gold standards because they're going to replace it with the Iraqi dinar like that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah. it's all and it's all based on the same framework. It's all based on whatever country is doing this good behind the scenes is something that's not only not helpful or not useful or not functional, but is worse than the, the – the cure is worse than the disease. And if you can just convince a populace that their cure is worse than the disease, you can walk them anywhere. They will give up on anything. And, it's, and, that's, and, again, and that's what Trump kept on saying. Trump kept on saying yeah. we don't want the cure to be worse than the disease, and DeSantis said that too, and everyone repeated that bogus thing with no evidence i was i, I told people i was like look None. if you have evidence that will show me that by keeping everybody you know socially distanced and locked down and in their houses it's, it's going to kill more people than will die from not doing that then i'll listen to you but no one could provide that evidence because it didn't exist no well and because we only did it as long as we needed to do it we did right. it you know based on the information we had and to the point where we could get enough of the populace vaccinated so that people can interact, and the disease can't – it doesn't have enough limbs to go from – to monkey branch its way through the public. That's, what, that's right. what a vaccine ultimately does. Not everybody in a populace has to be vaccinated to stop the spread of a disease, just enough to keep it from jumping, especially when it's, you know, it's more likely to spread or more likely to create a viral load in someone if they're highly symptomatic. Even, you know, even with like Omicron and stuff, which was very, very contagious, but – but it, you had a low viral load. Flu and the common cold are, are very contagious and less de deadly. That's usually right. how diseases go because the more deadly they are, the less of a chance the disease has to spread and replicate because it kills its host too quickly. So and the thing, the thing that I was amazed with, though, is, is that you know, everybody, when we were all social distancing and when many of us were social distancing and we were and, and masking was required to go into places and, you know, that 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 winter, the flu was pretty much non-existent. And instead yep. of taking instead of taking that as, oh, 
masking and social distancing and vaccines work to prevent, yeah. you know, the flu from spreading. So that's a good thing. And maybe we can apply it to COVID. They were like, nope, that's yeah. just another proof of the conspiracy. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that's the, you know, again, um, these are, these folks, this is a, a personal ego agenda that these, that the people like that have. When, when you talk about like somebody like Bernie Madoff engaged in, or, or credit default swap, where there's a combination of people, A, making money off of prize of junk bond trading and garbage like that. And that, that exists. You know that exists. And then there's, uh, there, there will be a combination in those situations of people who are in on it and benefiting from it and a bunch of dummies who follow, follow along or think they're going to get rich on it and real, don't realize yet that they're the suckers in this process. Like there's those kind of, and that's a material conspiracy by both the people who engage in it when they're swindling people, the people who are like soft peddlers of it, who, um, you know, in many ways, like think that um, all they all they need is, um, you know, a little. Uh, let me get a piece of this action, even if it turns out to be baloney, like crypto. Um, there's still money to be made, even if it turns out to be crap. Right? That that right. part. Um, it, it'd be the people who are selling like gold is real money, and then there's a combination of the swindle. There's the people who get tricked by it, and and there's you, there's always material evidence of it after the fact. Lots of it. There's you know you can see where people were you know scratching out lines in ledgers and replacing uh, you know real information with fake inter- information or gussying up the facts to try and, you know, make themselves look better at the time, right? You can, they worked the books. They had two sets of books, or they specifically, um, you know, manipulated the one set that they had. The problem right. with a lot of the conspiracy theories about Pfizer and all this kind of stuff is that the only thing you see is the fact that Pfizer was the, success, the more successful uh, of the vaccines, the fact that it, its efficacy is studied and well documented right. and that the after effects that you might have seen um, that they were worried about with myocarditis, for example, from the AstraZeneca or the J&J specifically, because J&J was a traditional, not an mRNA. But that right. doesn't feed the narrative of, of new scary technology from the sort of like neo-Luddite, um, you know, uh, Marianne Williamson crystal crowd. Right. Um, you can't. You can't feed the, – you're not feeding them treats by talking about old-fashioned, regular, yeah, we got a dead version of the virus, and we replicate it, and we put it in there. And then from that, your body develops an immunity, like yawn. We know how those work. Some of them don't right. work fast enough, and, they're, and they can't be tailored fast enough over time to a specific con- infectious disease. And if we had a new technology like mRNA, we would be able to literally dial in genetically – each one of these diseases so it doesn't do anything else there is no there should be no ancillary problem with any of the good bacteria or you know uh, any of the stuff that you have in your body you know even viruses that we've accommodated over time that don't really bother us anymore that cause an immune response and a freak out in our system you should be able to buy you know like in, in with modern technology and all the available uh science we have today you should have access to that you should be able to you know, use it, but it sounds scary to this group of people, and it can be weaponized on the ignorance. It's not scary, you know, 
the old-fashioned vaccines, you know, like the story of them causing autism and all that kind of stuff right. doesn't fly. You know, it that, that ship has sailed. It doesn't work anymore. So the new boogeyman on the block is mRNA, and it'll become the normal system that we all use in the future for vaccines. And people will go, what were you guys doing before you had mRNA vaccines? Oh, we would just it, – it, well, it'll be the same conversation around fossil fuels. We used to burn fossilized dinosaur goo, you know, for fuel <laughs> right. to keep ourselves alive, right? There was a black rock right. we could set on fire, and it was nasty, but it kept us warm, like that kind of stuff. So the, um, there's always going to be – you can always play on that neo-Luddite fear that people have, right? But the essence right. of you know, the, what that guy was talking about is based on this kind of like anti-capitalism, uh, pseudo-Marxist, um, you know, corporate, corporate boogeyman concept. It's been around since, quite frankly, the Soviet Union and and uh, and arguably to some de- to a lesser degree from like uh, like pre Xi Jinping, um, you know, uh, to now and then but like pre uh, Jiang Zemin, perhaps, you know, during that window, um, you had you know from that tiny window of Jiang Zemin to to Xi Jinping. You had um, – they would just crap talk corporations and right. businesses as somehow evil. The market itself is – you know, the, the words like market, corporation, all the kinds of – if we're made as boogeyman as if they're all created equal. And, and so you can kind of piggyback these stories on it. And then the problem is when there are bad corporations or there are bad uh, you know, actors out there, when there are the Bernie Madoffs or there are Enrons or whatever – there's no distinction made in the argument. Right. It's just like they're all that way. They just haven't been caught yet, which is just, I mean, like especially coming from the people that are against over-incarceration is hilarious because it's exactly the same bias, just pointed in a different direction. You just have a different enemy in your head. Um, right. Other than that, I have no opinion. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> a quick, quick shout-out uh, to uh, – yeah, now I forgot the forgot the name of the individual. The uh, Ryan, no, it was ah, there it is. Robert Reynolds. I almost said Ryan Reynolds, but no, it's not. Uh, not oh Deadpool. yeah, Robert Reynolds shot, gave me a yeah. uh, uh, bought me a cider, or bought me a coffee. So please shout out to him. Nice. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so I guess the re- one really important question to ask though: Did uh, Lindell ever get his Hardee's? <laughs> <laughs> no, his buddy ate it, but there's no evidence that that Lindell ever got his meal and, and consumed it. Um, we, we never got around to that. I, I want to believe that he was just eating it and spitting it all over the FBI guys while he was blathering <laughs> about, you know, his, his, his conspiracy theory ideas, his right. neo Luddite bullshit. Um, but no, <laughs> he, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, we still don't know what he even ordered if at all. Um, so and it was did they, did they, did so, they pull him out of the line? I don't know this. Did they pull him out of the line to handle all this stuff, or were, were, were people stuck behind him in line, not was, being able to get their he, uh, fried peach cream pies or whatever? Yes, right. In the theory, uh, he was in the drive-through alone, and then three cars pulled up and they surrounded him and they said, "I were FBI, get out of your car." And they ended up pulling his car out of the drive-through. He drove it over, or his buddy drove because I don't think he was driving 
pulled over out of the way, and then the, the other three cars kind of blocked them in where they were so that other people, I guess, could continue to enjoy Hardy's as you do. Enjoy in quotes. <laughs> yes, right. I haven't eaten at Hardy's since at least 2015, simply because of the fact that Me too. Uh, the former CEO of them was very anti-ACA and was like spreading all these lies in some interview about how all my employees rejected the Affordable Care Act or didn't want to get an Obamacare. And I'm like, what? And, and I, I just tore them apart on my podcast and on my blog about like yeah. all of the problems that I had. I was like, you know what? I'm never going to, I'm never going to eat there again because I don't want to support that crap. So I wouldn't know. I right. wouldn't know how good or well, bad. I, you know, I have to say it's been a while. Um, and I, you know, I grew up in, a, in, in, um, in Kentucky. There were a right. lot of Hardee's and Arby's, both of them. And I, right. and, and for the longest time, I would always get them kind of mixed up. And I was like, hmm. which one's the one with the shaved meat? That's Arby's. Okay, well, let's go to right. Arby's. That was my thing when I was a kid. Because it at least looked real like it was meat, not a patty. And it was kind of – that was their distinction, right? And I basically lived for a period of time on ham and cheese sandwiches. I, I think of my most of my – the cells, the initial cells in my body for the better part of three decades were made out of ham and or cheese. And so <laughs> the information um, in this situation, you know, it like – I don't blame the people at Hardee's, you know, who work there per se, but it does not surprise me that that's the place he chose to go when you're, when you're telling me this, you know what I mean? Right. It's like Mike Lindell is the kind of guy who would go to Hardee's because that's the place that's owned by the guy who didn't like the affordable care act that and Obama wasn't born in America. Like that's right. the kind I do think I, I think Aaron, I I think Aaron had corrected me that he, that might not be the current CEO. I think it's Puzder or whatever is the guy's last name. But still, again, sure. I have no I have no that information that says time. that they've changed their corporate uh, mentality on the thing either. So until they prove to me otherwise, I'll be happy to not go to Hardee's. <laughs> sure, right. I mean, it's I'm not I'm not tripping over myself to go to either of those places uh, these right. days. You know. And it always amazes me when people become millionaires when they continue to eat fast food. We eat fast food in our world because we have to. You know what I mean? Right. That fast food is have to food, not want to food. If you, right. One of the reasons why you, you do a little better in your life is so you can feed you and yours better quality food. Right. You know, it's, look, it's, don't, don't think for a second. It's not a good thing overall, you know, a, a, a net plus in the history of humans on the planet that you can get more calories than you need for the day from one meal at one place. Like right. most of the humans that ever lived died never experiencing that. Every fistful of food was a day's work. So, the, you know, so let's, let's be real clear that that's, uh, you know, it can be misused like anything else, but it's a net plus that people, working people especially, you know, you can get enough food in your gullet to keep you going and alive and have good ideas and continue your life and move beyond your station and move up in life because of that. That, once you can, knock it off and feed yourself better. Do better by your body, you know. So right. that, and, and, you know, like it's. And, and especially people with money shouldn't eat at fast food restaurants because they'll go, oh, these people eat here. 
Like Michael and Dell talked about eating air. So people that with means show up all the time and, uh, and we can charge more <laughs> like it's just, right. for just from a marketing standpoint. It's stupid. Well, there's Donald Trump and his hamburgers. So, you know, <laughs> right. Well, no, 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 no. Kentucky he fried chicken too, right? Fish delight. Yeah. Huh? So, oh, is it, what is it? He eats, he eats fish delight. He eats the filet fish oh, Okay. That's his go-to thing. Um, from he, you know, he's like whatever, uh, you know, well done steak, which is just what a thing notion, and right. and while he's with ketchup all over it, with like <laughs> a like a like a classic American asshole traveling overseas, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, I'm I'm convinced with with the well done steak thing that there may very well be people who like maybe like years and years and years ago, like they were poor and they could only afford like the those questionable meats, so they had to cook it all the way through to make sure yeah. that it wouldn't kill them. Totally. And maybe that those families may have grown a taste right. to it. But eventually, when you try the good stuff, you 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 like. I think I think I had I convinced my wife like at one point to like she tried a she tried a, a at one of her work events she okay. had some medium rare filet mignon and she was like this is delicious and she's never right. eaten a, a more well cooked steak again. So right, it's like seared seared tuna. You know, like there's a reason. You know, you there is a flavor to it. It's you don't just cook right. the shit out of it and eat it out of a can. It's okay, but uh, but the, it, you know, I think the thing you landed on that I think that's crucial in this conversation is that you know you were exposed to sort of poverty meat and you had to act accordingly. I grew up right. that way. Um, I uh, like I never had a, a a medium well piece of meat in my upbringing until I was you know until I lived in Chicago. Till I had grown up, you know, till I was, you know, maybe 15, 16 years old in Chicago, mm-hmm. eating at a nice restaurant um, that my dad took me to because he was like, yeah, this is what real food tastes like. Um, but in Kentucky, I've never eaten something rare. You out of your mind? It came from Kroger's. God knows what the hell's in it. You know, just cook the crap out of it, slather it in A1 and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and – and I get that Trump never had that experience. He's a second generation rich kid. Right. He he eats that way because he's a toddler. He eats that way for the same reason my buddy Bumper, when we go to a a, a sushi restaurant, has chicken teriyaki because he's not <laughs> an adult. Right. But that's that's why because he's it, it, it's scary. That's weird. I don't know raw fish. That's weird. You know, it's like that's he's. He's a grown. He's older than me, and he's and right. he's that's his reaction. That's and his bite. So there's, yeah, right. It's, it's, just, it's just no, like it's just a, it just points to sort of a lack of maturity and and also I might add high ick factor. Now we know that conservatives especially have a very high ick factor. They get grossed out easily, and you can tell. Um, you know, the depth of somebody's conservatism by how easily grossed out they are by things. And I don't mean right. just like, like uh, you know, blood and guts kind of stuff. Like, like slugs and, and you know, like it, the more they ick out about babies' diapers, like Trump never changed a diaper, none of that stuff. He was grossed out by it. And, and that informs how he sees the rest of you know, just one thing that way. If, you're, right. if if gooey, icky things bug you, 
you're going to extrapolate that onto a myriad of things. And it's, I mean, it's the root of their, like their anti-gay thoughts. You know what I mean? Like they, they stack, ew, but that's, ew. You know what I mean? That's right. where they go. But that doesn't have anything to do with you. Shut up. Right, exactly. <laughs> why are you, why did you go there? Knock it off. But that's where they live. They live in that, like, if, I mean, he can't even talk about death. Of course he's going to cook the shit out of a steak. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, uh, one thing I had thought of, uh, maybe this is a conspiracy theory or not, but it's probably not true, is that, you know, with all of the people who were, um, you know, all of the Trump supporters getting their phones seized or whatever, um, at what point will, will, will one of those Trump supporters decide, well, let me carry like a fake phone on me so when they seize it, they don't get the real phone. So I was wondering, would Lindell have had done that? And I'm like, nah, he's not smart enough to figure that out. No, but he, you know, he, he went back to the office and he was using his IT lady's phone to text people. Right. And I'm like, what a dick move. Now, now, if you're messaging people like, they got my phone, watch out, they might get yours. That's an evidence text. Right. That's the, so now. And then, and then, then that could they, be, now who sent the text then? Is it Lundell sending it or is the other one? Or is that implicating the IT lady now? She may very well be implicated yeah, as right. well. But still. her phone. Yeah, they seized her phone. They, you know, she's now a co-conspirator. It's just like it's such a jerk move. Like, dude, go. You're a millionaire. Go right. buy another phone. Tell Verizon or AT and T or whoever to switch the phone number to this phone. Bitch about it like crazy. Talk about it on your show. Write it off because you talked about it on your show. That's really for entertainment purposes, which will be his defense against the whole. You know, Dominion thing when it comes home to roost, and then and and leave your staff out of it. Why are you imp- these people? That's not her job. What the hell's wrong with you? Right. So that I shout out actually. Like, shout out to Leslie Shaw. I just saw that she Venmoed me twenty five. So appreciate you, Leslie, for doing that uh, as well. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, just yeah. want to make sure I get that. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I. It's always nice um, when you get those notifications. Yes, it is. It's lovely. It's nice to be supported. And, you know, I, I always, you know, watch these folks prattle about port independent media and that kind of stuff. And I just, I hate the sound of those words coming out of my mouth. There are a few right. words, like phrases I hate more, like, than, uh, than thank you for supporting live comedy. That, it, like, <laughs> it's just whenever a host or somebody at a comedy club says those words out loud, I'm embarrassed for everybody on the lineup. Thank you for supporting live comedy. Shut up. Oh, yeah, like, I, I, can tell, I can tell like when you're, when you're on your show and you're like saying, hey, subscribe, like this, do this, you super chat, whatever. I can tell that you're somewhat uncomfortable with it or whatever, but I've, I've been trying to do this I thing where it. it's, I've been trying to do this thing where it's called Grow Left, where it's trying to like, you know, grow like the, a, the minor league, the farm teams, because that's one thing where uh, liberal like radio shows and podcasts and YouTube yeah. channels don't, we don't have enough to compete against the conservative ones. So we need to nope. build up the farm team. So, because, you know, we have the Stephanie Millers and the sexy comedy, sexy liberal comedy tour, and you have all those people. And, you know, even though we might not agree with them a lot, you know, there's the young Turks out there, you know, which, which spawned the name where yeah, I came well, up that's... with the hashtag J sweet house sparks for the name of the show, simply because of the fact that, yeah, you right. know, all of those house spark types, the you house know. Sparkses of the world. Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Negan of of like corporate dims or something, right? right? 
we're all Negan. We'll just all stand outside and whistle. Um, so I, ha- oh, I have God. been kind of hinting here and there um, that um, when I get to 1,000 subs, which at that point I can become monetized on YouTube, um, that I'm going yeah. to, quote, make it rain on your channel. So, so including uh, maybe some buying some subscriptions or Super Chats or whatever, Venmo, whatever. Uh, so when it happens, you'll see that. But I'm, I'm trying to be like, because it, mostly it'll be because of the fact that you've been coming on my show and a lot of the us house spark types, you know, are coming and that, that a lot of those people who are my new subscribers are your supporters as well. So I, I, I appreciate you for doing all that, but I still need to get to a thousand so I can monetize here. Um, oh, I know. I well, a- I, you know, I did it right at the beginning of, uh, on all these sites, I had to, uh, you know, the standards were slightly different too at the time, but I had to do all these things, um, you know, within a couple of months when COVID hit and everything shut down and I had, you know, my, my girl and I have a mortgage and we got to do all this stuff. And all of a sudden the whole, like every me, every means I had out there went away. And so, you know, because of COVID, you know, live performance, especially, which is the one thing, you know, luckily as a comedian, Unlike actors who have to kind of wait for the phone to ring and hope and maybe wait tables and stuff, as a comedian, I can always tour. I always right. had that as a backup. It always gave me more freedom than my strictly actor friends, um, you know. And and I I was aware of that. You know, I was I'm I'm damn lucky that that's a skill I can I can use and and I can do well with. But all goes away all of a sudden. That's even an even bigger hit because you're, you know. The Titanic went down, yeah, but somebody also, you know, punched a hole in your life raft. Right. So, right? I'm, and my, you, somebody you couldn't get out the door. My door. Yeah. Right. That's right. And and so um, I had to go through this process where I had to monetize, you know, and then, of course, I got, you know, I got YouTube struck by that dude, that lawyer at UMG, who's a Trump mm-hmm. fan, and didn't want me live streaming you know, 90 days before the election. So he waited till 86 days, you know, to the, to the election. And then he uh, hit me with a copyright strike knowing that I would get kicked off. And so hmm. that's why I diversified. That's why I'm on multiple sites. That was why I will continue to be on multiple sites because I don't trust that, you know, it's the world is safe in those regards. And it's partly because we're, we, you know, you and I aren't on like a, you know, a Rush Limbaugh channel and we don't have Limbaugh the heritage foundation paying salary, right? You know, cause that meant, I don't know how many people know this or not, but, um, but the, the heritage foundation basically paid for Rush Limbaugh's show to exist so that he could live off the advertising for a long while. And then they basically just kept it up and then they did it with a bunch of, I mean, it's it, like the root money for the blaze and all these things. They all come from the, these same people because it's, PR for tax breaks. Right. This is basically their way of, you know, uh, you know, making money um, is, well, we'll lose money on the radio show. We'll lose money on all these things, but ultimately in the end, we'll make money because we'll get people who are elected who will cut us a break. Again, that would be, that's a real conspiracy. That materially have element of gamble to it. Doesn't mean it's going to work. You know what I mean? And in a lot of cases, it didn't, but it, right. the upside was bigger than the downside for them, so the heck with it. 
Now, um, one question I did and, have is that one question I did have is that when it comes to like when everybody supports you via either your Patreon or Venmo or um, YouTube subscriptions or super chats or subscriptions on mm-hmm. Twitch or like the bits sent on Twitch, like which one benefits you the most? Like wh- which which one do you get more of the bucks that are spent? I mean, I think Venmo would probably be the the best one, right? Yeah. Unless Venmo, okay. yeah, Venmo's just like any of those other things. That's that's very direct. And Patreon would be the next one because it's it's a really a minor fee that they put forward, but right. it's not directly connected to what you're doing, and it's basically a one-time thing. If Patreon had some sort of like super chat aspect of it, um, where you could sort of pick up, you know, where people could subscribe, but also on top of those subscriptions, they could give you a tip or something like that, um, you know, and there was an easy way to do it, it would make it, you know, a, like mechanically better for people. Like as Well, Patreon should do what Buy Me a Coffee did, because Buy Me a Coffee, I, you know, you get an alert, you can get stream alerts, but Patreon, I don't think you can get stream alerts when anybody subscribes oh. on Patreon. So they should implement that, and that would make Patreon a lot better. I mean, personally, yeah, I love the Venmo, but I don't get a notification when I get Venmoed. Um, at least that's that's on the you podcast. But... Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do it on the air, but you can. Like I get them on my Apple Watch, so I. Right. That's what uh, lets me know that they've happened. When you know, if I'm you know not carried away and doing a silly voice and not my, the tactic on my watch can't snap me out of being fecus for a minute to to right. recognize it. But um, you know, the direct will always be there, but it's also harder for everybody, and it's not as interactive. Too, right um for both them and everybody else that said um there are different you know uh versions of this that um you know that everybody kind of you know i think it's better to have all of them open for right. whoever like you know their who whoever has that as their favorite um you know outlet if they're if they and again there there used to be this big movement where corral everyone you know make everybody go to your site if you're on you know push everybody to facebook if you want right. to grow something push everybody to instagram if you want to go, whatever your twitter's your thing drive everybody to twitter and people just aren't going to leave and it's social media so why the hell should they that and that pov about how to do it only really benefits the social media companies themselves you know what I mean? Because that, they're the ones who are propagating. Like, get everybody from all your sites to come over here, and they'll like our features. And they may or may not, but if they don't, you've spent all this time, you know, corralling everybody into this. And what what ultimately happened? You know, maybe twenty percent of the other sites will come over, but then everybody else won't. And you've got this kind of pittance everywhere else. And I I just feel like at some point there's going to be a recognition of a cumulative crowd like he's got across all these venues and these right. are real people he didn't get a bot farm of you know three million fake bought subscribers like uh like russell brand or even early tyt um that builds this kind of um illusion of support right um that a lot of them buy into you know and um i just i just don't buy i would rather have a smaller crowd of real people and a real interaction and feel like I'm making a real impact than have just like, you know, Kardashian like puff numbers 
Yeah, might be impressive um, to, you know, the dumber agents, managers, and producers out there. But if they're suckers for that, the, the rest of the cast of whatever you get cast in will be full of, like, fake bot things, too. And then the movie or TV show you're in with them will be a flop. Porters are fake. Right. That's true. Yeah. So oh, that's, I'm, that's my last that's, that's, that's the supporting of you thing, though. Uh, I did want to go because I was thinking about like I'm I'm, I'm on the Hal's Angels level at YouTube, but I was thinking about dropping mm-hmm. to the Jalapeno level and going to the maybe throwing into the Patreon if that would be better for you. It's uh, yes. Uh, okay. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, the like the Patreon. I'm that's that's the thing that grows kind of on its own, and I have to remember to do it because it's kind of isolated from its own thing, but it has, um, and you know, more of a live upside to it because people who are on Patreon become, you know, can come to live shows and bring guests and all that kind of stuff. And I do a little right. like meet and greet beforehand and that kind of stuff. And that's a really nice, nice aspect that I don't know quite yet how to port over to like YouTube memberships and Twitch subscribers. I wish I, you know, I wish there was a way to do it. Like maybe just it, it would but that's when I that's when you realize why some of these people who run these kind of shows have a team of people at one point. I'm just not there yet. It's just not financially logical for me to start hiring an assistant to work with right. in producing stuff. And there's going to be a point where I, I've got to bite into, you know, what, you know, my sort of managerial money that just, you know, makes the show possible to get some growth. You know, right. I'm gonna I'm going to at some point have to do the you know spend money to make money thing beyond technological stuff and and you know content and services like the like the different you know services that I use that I stream through um you know like Restream and others and you know and and the the sites that I use that like Streamlabs and others that I you know I use to make the experience better. At right. some point, um, team-wise, I'm going to have to expand that out, um, you know, as I continue to grow, because that's the point. But up until that point, it's it's going to be a, you know, right up until it, it's going to be one of those like, oh, do I do it yet? Right. Um, I had that you know thought I mean? with my Twitch with my Twitch stream because I I Twitch as Nerdy Dan, um, and yeah. I. Uh, I um I got to I got to affiliate and I have like a couple of the prime subs which is awesome and other people who are not prime subs which is also cool too but the prime free sub thing is amazing. Um, yep. But where was I going with this? I have no freaking clue. Well, I just lost just, my train of thought. You know, getting getting those people aren't going to move anywhere else, and right. it's it, it's a it's a long step before you have to you can take it up a notch to the you know to the next level of it. And I. You know, oh, I, right. I have I'm to thinking say, about like whether or not I wanted to pull the trigger on getting like a paid, you know, layover thing for for that. And I was like, eh, no. And then I was like, Let, let's build it up a little more before I get to that level. So. Oh well, the you mean as far as like the um, on OBS or something? Well, like yeah, like paying paying for like the 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 higher level of Streamlabs or whatever it is, whatever you know, nicer ones where it's right. not branded or whatever. Because I use basic OBS right now, but and just throw yeah. images on it, but. No neat transitions yet or anything. Right. I will say that there are, uh, before you're getting, you know, hyper-personal ones, there are quite a few really 
cool looking, especially now, free versions of stuff that that quality wise look pretty great. That right. I would just jump at. Find one okay. that color scheme that you like and can stand that has transitions and all that kind of stuff. And there's going to be a free one everywhere. There just are. And so once you know, then you can go. Okay, I like the look of this. When I get my own mate or when I up the level one thing, I know what the color scheme will be or what it won't be, you know, that right. kind of stuff. So that's like, I, I'm a big believer in constant incremental progress in these situations. So I, right. you got to know that um, I, it doesn't matter to me if it's perfect. I will like, go around and make fun of, you know, the perfect enemy, the good folks with, if I'm not willing to make little pickups. And if you look at, you know, over the last couple of years, especially people know, I have, you know, incrementally improved on everything that I'm doing as best I can, you know, and making new backgrounds in Photoshop on my own and putting that extra time in and, you know, the little tip cup and those kind of things. I will just, you know, add those things as I can as I go along. And then, you know, if it's ever... If I've ever overdone it, I can dial it back. Right. Well, as I said, I think earlier but, on your show today, good all good change comes incrementally. So, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, th- you know, true holistic growth is incremental. I mean, like, who beats their kid for not walking the minute they come out of the womb? What kind of an idiot screams at their child? I've got my kid needs to learn to read. So in third grade, I'm going to hold his feet to the fire. Like okay. who talks like that? Right? Yeah, that's crazy. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the same kind of right wing crap you hear from people who are like, uh, you know, uh, we need, uh, you know, these people on welfare don't work. We need to, if, you know, forced work, you know, make them do a government task, you know, even though they're disabled, right? That right. kind of stuff. It's, it's the same mentality. It's just from a, an allegedly different political perspective. It's the, you right. know, the hard left and the hard right. There's a lot of horseshoe overlap. And the truth is, it's, you know, for most of these people, it's a power trip. And it's not based on any kind of reality. None. And I, you know, like I said, anything you're going to change that's going to last, you did it incrementally and you, it became your culture. You culture, you made a cultural change in yourself uh, as you made the material change, and that's what made it stick. You, nobody has ever been on a diet that worked because they signed a piece of legislation that forced them to only eat so much. Right. So and, uh, I mean, it's couple, goofy. Yeah, a couple quick things I want to do before you, 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 you if you, if you want to leave at the hour, that's you know, again. That's, Cool. Yeah, um, my quick my girlfriend has brought dinner, and she's sitting upstairs with dinner already. So, okay. but what, yes, please let's finish this out so, at the very least. A yeah. couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think you had said something that I was like, like I think you said you questioned why attempted murder is punished less than regular murder, and I've been saying that for years now. Um, like why punish mm-hmm. somebody? Why why reward somebody for being a bad shot? Um, so yeah. there's that. I wanted to say that that's it's, it's a great argument. Yeah. Because, it's, one of the, you know, it's one of the weirder. Uh, things about that. It's just like, right. it, it, like it, it, so the idea is that if you murdered somebody, you might murder another somebody. Okay. Right. But if you tried to murder somebody, you might really try to murder somebody because you failed. Like, what? Right. I don't know what the 
I don't know where the where one is sort no of difference. okay. Like right. Yeah. Bizarre. Again, especially if especially if it's a difference between like um we don't think you were trying to kill somebody, but you almost killed somebody. Like um right. you know, near manslaughter. That would that's arguably what I would call a DUI. A DUI is you might have killed somebody, dummy. You know, right. reckless endangerment, right? Th- those kind of things. Uh, you know, uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. You know what I mean? It's not the same. It's not quite the same thing as being a full-blown pedophile. But right. If you're trying to date a 14-year-old and you fail because they reject you, that doesn't mean you're not you're you're any better of a person a than if you succeeded. Right. 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 If you try to get a kid drunk. I'm going to assume that wasn't where it was going to stop. Right, exactly. So other two things. So, um, yeah. YouTube will, will show lots of things like that are related to things of your interest, and sometimes it fails. But I saw where, where years back, I guess, you had uh, done some a performance on a TV show with Dennis DeYoung and got to sing some sick songs with him. That was just pretty awesome. I was totally jealous of that. Um, oh, yeah. I did get to see. Uh, I, I did. We, sang, we sang Lady and Come Sail Away, and uh, I yeah. – on Come Sail Away, I sang the High Line. Yeah, I was there impressed with that. Maybe one of these days <laughs> I could come out and do, do a song with you with Nerd Halen. <laughs> um, I'm for it. Cool. Um, the other thing is, like, I was lost I saw your the, the comedy where you did the kind of stream of consciousness thing with the comedy uh, that was aired a few weeks back. I got to see that. And oh, yeah, my, I my also, flapper show. I also found out that I was – I recently also found out uh, that I was uh, like 10% Scottish. So since I just started doing that, I also started doing a Scottish accent because now it's not appropriate. And, um, yeah, but... you could totally do it. If, you're, if, you've got, if you find out that you've got that much in it, you can use whatever accent you're, where, where you find out you're from. So if you find but... out that, you, like I have, I've got both uh, German and French too because of the Celtic line. Right. And right. so if, I, if at some point, if I just want to be a complete... Uh, Smelly pig, I can. You know, if I want to be a nasty frog, I'm going to be that. And you just have to deal with it because that's, I wouldn't be alive if there wasn't someone in my background that went, hey, we want to go upstairs. So <laughs> Nice. But, yeah, and then, like, earlier in mm-hmm. the show, you were talking about the, the, uh, the, the, the advancements in um, technology when it comes to, like, sex toys and robotics or whatever. I was so waiting at the oh, end yeah. of the show for me to go, like, they can take our lands, but they'll never take our sex robots. Right, our sex dolls. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I try not, I not, try not to mix themes too much um, uh, because it can be non sequitur ish. But, right. uh, but I will say that um, there will be. Get used to the idea, and this will be very upsetting to the Mike Pillows of the world. There <laughs> it will be, person at some point, and then many people that are born. From the copulation between a human being and a sex doll, a sex robot of some sort, meaning that a uh, uh, instead of having a a human surrogate, there will be robot surrogacy, and huh. at, and because of that possibility, there will also be um, men at some point who decide that. Be- either gay men or men who don't want to have uh you know uh, be married or whatever decide i want a child and they will have a child via artificial insemination you know or or actual insemination of an egg that they have bought just like women get from a clinic right 
and it will be done entirely inside a, a you know, the, uh, through at least experientially what will be like the old-fashioned way um, because of all sorts of reasons in, you know, in, that we don't quite understand in human pheromonal connection to our offspring and all kinds of other stuff that will be a lot better than just going to a clinic and putting it in a cup and, you know, coming back nine months later to pick up your kid. That's right. going to happen. Uh, it might be the way they do it on uh, on deep space endeavors to keep sanity and jealousy from wrecking the mission. Right. So it's going to happen. Get used to the idea. Um, uh, there's a technology. Dude it's a wonderful is, thing. It, it is a wonderful thing. I'm a I'm a fan, and not just because I'm named after a computer. But uh, <laughs> nice. all, like we, we we have not. People don't even know how weird this world is going to get human beings are very we're like we have a lot of uh emotional mental and physical options we can be okay with that an- other animals can't or won't um and that's going to extend in into our experience in a whole lot of very strange ways over the course of the next millennia understand this we are closer to hominid walking robots, anthropomorphic robot experiences with AI linkages. We are closer to those walking amongst us than we are in the, in the time scale to the introduction of the cell phone, say the smartphone. We are less than 20 years away from this in, in a huge way. I mean, you having a robot friend we're that close. And, and the, the fact that people are acting right now like they know how stuff is going to work is just hilarious to me. Like, right. wait, till, wait till people start figuring out, like, when you start walking around with Apple glasses on. And the, the first time you meet somebody and you talk to them, that you've only met online and you look at them as their avatar in your Apple glasses until such time as they're okay with you seeing what they really look like. The, the, the amount of like catfishing stories about a, a augmented reality is going to be hilarious. Like, and we, you could like, you know, people, you could build like cyborg kids and keep them in your basement, right? Like lab rats. <laughs> yes. Right. That's exactly right. Although those kids have real personalities and stuff, and we won't be there yet. The uh, Russell Russell Brand did you know stuff about that like Google engineer who thought that their AI was sentient and all this stuff. Um, it isn't. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so thank, it, thank it you so much for calling yeah. it again. Um, do you want to do it Absolutely. again in two weeks, or do you want to wait till next next yeah. month? Well, two weeks? Yeah. No, no, we can do it again. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, and we'll yeah we'll try and uh, on our you know our regular kind of Wednesday arc that's totally cool. Um, and and again, even if just to apologize for the one time I blitzed because I literally fell asleep waiting to call you because of the crazy forty eight hours I had had where I'm like, okay, I, I, I standing up would be a yeah. mistake right now because I might <laughs> uh and, and end up cadavering myself into a cabinet. So. The first, the first um, thing I said anyway. on my podcast when I had when 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 I was like, okay, maybe how's not showing up is he probably fell asleep because he was super busy today. So I was right. So there you yes. go. 
we're at you're right on the money. So apologies all around, and I'm glad I could make it. It was a good conversation, and I appreciate your uh, conspiratorial lunatic uh, caller earlier, um, who I'm sure, I'm certain, thinks he's speaking reasonably. Right. And I assure you and him, if he's still listening, that he is not. He has drank a shit ton of Kool-Aid that instead of one big gulp, he has been dribbled. He's had it dribbled into his cranium over the course of a couple of decades. And it's completely forgivable that he got lulled into this lunacy, but that is precisely what it is. I'm yep. sorry to tell everybody that life is extraordinarily normal. Yes. A lot of uh, a, a lot of the problems we have are natural, social, and fixable. It's it, like there there is no pentaveret or illuminati. I, if I if there was, I would know because I'm a Freemason. It doesn't exist. You you like there, there are a lot of people trying to do a lot of good, and there's a few people trying to do some bad but they're not working together. Most of the time they're trying to strangle each other because they think the world is Darwinistic and a zero sum game. So right. you have nothing to fear, uh, even fear itself. They're in well, so. Go enjoy your dinner. Don't want to keep you from your, your better half too much. Thanks. And I will talk to you in two weeks. Anything else you want to plug before no, we leave? Besides yeah. And, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, at some point, um, yeah, Liberal Dan, where are you located? New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay, yeah. So eventually uh, we'll get down to New Orleans. with that. The, the first thing that I'll do in New Orleans probably will be a Nerd Halen gig. So I will let you know when we're headed your direction. Awesome. Sounds good. Peace. All right. Peace. Cheers. Have a good one. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, again, that was Hal Sparks, InfotainmentWars.com. I'm sure most of you know that already. But, again, appreciate him having him on the show. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back afterwards and we'll uh, do words of redneck wisdom and some other clips that I got from the uh, past couple of days where I pissed off some conservatives. I can take your calls as well. Um, uh, if your sparklers can keep on, I'll try and show you what else I do to make this show good. Uh, anyway, be back in a few minutes. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk to my left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast, all right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues. 
with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the liberal band family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And we're back with more Liberal Band Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Again, we said support the show, subscribe to the channel. It's the best thing you can do. Um, support the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Liberal Band or patreon.liberalband.com. You could shoot me a Venmo. You can buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash Liberal Band Radio or go to liberalband.com and click the buy me a cider button. Uh, Shouts out to all the people who uh, have uh, contributed stuff today. I'm uh, also going to be... Uh, I'm going to be sharing stuff. I'm trying to, you know, get the Amazon affiliate stuff going as well because that's another way to do re- revenue stream or whatever. I have links to like a, a um, whatchamacallit, a, a, to, to the microphone that I use, the camera I use. So I'm trying to think of a way to, to, you know, get some other stuff in there that could, uh, that could you know, be uh, useful to, to people or whatever to try and get, you know, those sales going. So I need to figure that out. But, you know, it's almost like if you want to, if you're interested in buying something, I guess you can shoot me an email. If, if you're going to get something off of Amazon, shoot me an email, liberaldanradio@gmail.com, and I can send you that product as an affiliate link. And that, and then uh, you, when you buy that product, you'll be able to, uh, you know, get me help the show as well. So that might be a little bit too much of a stretch for some people to do. But if you want to do it, I'll be more than happy to do it for you. So um, we're trying to do that. I'm also going to uh, be posting maybe a, a wish list or whatever on Amazon because I'm putting together some stuff for my new puppy that's coming in. Um, and if you want to help with that as well, that that would be also nice and sweet or whatever. But I mean, you don't have to. Again, again, not everybody can financially support the show, uh, but subscribing and sharing the the channel is uh, the two best things you can do at this point. And again, if uh, I get a, once I get to a thousand, I'll be able, I'll likely be able to monetize. And with that, I'll then be able to, um, I'll go ahead and I'm going to make it rain on the house channel. So yeah, Debbie, like any product, like if you email, like, let's say you wanted to buy a book on Amazon and be like, Hey, I want to buy this book. Send me the link to the book. I'll re- respond to you with a link to the book with my, 
with my affiliate link attached, and then you can go ahead and buy that. And I think anything else you buy at that point will also be credited to me or whatever. Um, I don't know. Or I might just be able to do like uh, buy through my liberaldan.com and, and do it just a, hey, click through my affiliate link on liberaldan.com for Amazon, and then you'll get tagged with my code, and anything you buy at that point will work as well. I'm not sure if that works as well, but we'll see. Um, Explore the topic of dogs versus gun application. Yeah, I I do need to do that. I do need to look into that further because we discussed that a little bit last week. I do want to go um, reach out to um, my uh, family friend's boyfriend, one of the friends of our family who we're friends with, one of the people in the family is dating somebody who works at a gun gun store, um, and I would love to be able to compare what it would take for me to apply for and get a any sort of gun, be a handgun or a rifle or whatever, and compare that to the difficulty I had trying to adopt a pet uh, via one particular way. Um, and also to see if, it, if spending money is, is, makes it quicker. Like, for example, the dog that I am getting, Blanche, right there, um, she... Uh, you know, I'm spending more money than I would have had to at a shelter to get her, but I'm also dealing with less hassle and stress because of that. Um, yeah, Doc, I think I, I think I didn't know that, but um, we'll see. You know, I'll, I'll see about getting the link up there. I might put it on. Um, but if you go, to, if you, if you, I guess if you, if you want to buy anything off of Amazon, go to this podcast sh- video or any of the podcast videos. Click on the link to the to the to the uh, either the camera or the microphone that I use, and then that will probably trigger anything else you buy, I'll get credit for as well. So there's that opportunity too. So you don't even have to email me. You can just click the link on this uh, video or any other video where I've plugged Amazon. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, There's this thing going on in uh, New Orleans. And I say New Orleans because it's supposedly a Louisiana thing. Uh, but the conservative station that I listen to is kind of pushing it. And their commercial says, like, big cities like New Orleans can, cast, can, can counter legitimate votes in other, in other areas of the state, kind of implying that votes from New Orleans are not legitimate because, you know, they're liberal or blue or whatever. And as such, they don't count as much or shouldn't, according to the conservatives. And what they're trying to do is they're saying that New Orleans has, uh, if you take the adult population of New Orleans, like everybody who's 18 or above, and then you look at the number of registered voters in, this, in the city of New Orleans, that figure is about 85 to 90%. They say 90. My math says 85%. Um, and, and apparently the average nationwide is like 67%. So New Orleans is um, maybe 18 to 23% higher than the average, uh, which is, averages you can have higher or lower. Uh, but also, if you look at our parish next next door, Jefferson Parish, Jefferson Parish is like 81%. So it's also rather high, but they're only picking on New Orleans. So, and one of the things I asked as a question uh, was, um, is this on that? I don't know if this one's on that one or not. But one of the things that I asked as a question, and some of these, some of these audio clips that I'm going to play, including Words of Redneck Wisdom, um, are dealing with that. And some of them might not. But just, just so you know... I oppose the, these people were in, we're in another parish just kind of doing a test of this, uh, in Ascension Parish, and one of the things that they complained about was that six voters listed as their, as their 
address that they're living at as a UPS store. So, for example, they put like a P.O. box at the UPS store as their address or however the UPS store does it. And so they, they question like that can't be legitimate in their minds because they can't imagine what somebody, why somebody who was a legitimate voter would be using a UPS store. And I immediately thought of two things that those people could be doing. Uh, one of them being, let's say you're a traveling nurse or some other form of traveling worker, but nurse seems to fit the bill. And let's say you plan on traveling over the course of a year and you're going to just not going to stay in New Orleans or whatever parish they were in. So does it make sense to pay rent over that year if you're not going to be living here? No. It probably makes more sense to take some of your belongings, throw it in the storage, and then take what you need to go and go do your traveling nursing for a year and then come back. But you still want to retain, you know, you still want to be able to get your mail, right? So you set yourself up as at the UPS store. But the other option that I thought of was uh, the fact that what if somebody's homeless? If I was homeless and I wanted to maintain a mailing address, I would you maybe use a P.O. box at a UPS store or something. And I would use the UPS store maybe to get my mail. And maybe I would put my registration there. I mean, maybe I would put my registration at a friend's house or, or another family member's house. I don't know. But it's, it's just another possibility that they don't want to think about. So I basically said, do these people believe that – and I put this poll up on – on Twitter, not that many people responded to it. I think Jolie did. Um, Shouts out to Jolie for doing that. Um, but basically, said, should homeless people get to vote or be able to cast a ballot? Yes or no? And I caused some fighting of, amongst the conservatives. But we're going to play the words of Redneck Wisdom first, and then we're going to play some of the other clips as well, um, which may or may not be on the homeless topic because I some think some of them are, but some of them aren't. So let's play Words of Redneck Wisdom first, and then we'll go on from there. And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. These liberals that call you program. <laughs> uh, I really hope that the listeners don't really put too much stock in what these to say. You know, a person that comes out, he comes on your program and talks about something that doesn't pass the smell test. That's like taking a, a drunken bum out of the gutter and asking them, do, do, do you smell the alcohol and the vomit that you're living in? They can't, they can't smell it. You understand? Because that's what they are. That's what they live in. Talk about a smell test. Now, this guy says, oh, there's a, there's a people, a person is calling this the airwaves and telling you, there's a concern that Donald Trump is selling secret classified information to the Russians. You're president of the United States, but probably the best one we've ever had in my lifetime is going to sell secrets to the Russians. Okay, no one mentions that it is well known that Hillary and Bill Clinton left the White House broke. She runs a, a private server with, with classified information on it that she... She's not the president. She can't classify and declassify. See, Donald Trump could. But she ran a private server with highly classified information. And this bum that calls your program doesn't want to talk about that, huh? Maybe she was selling secrets to the Russians. It's, it's absurd that people would call your program and make and name, and name comments like this and expect to be taken seriously. 
Yeah, lastly, on these on these so-called papers, paper, paper. Look, they're going to try to prosecute him under the espionage. It's an age-old saying, Jeff. You you can wake up every day and break a law and not know you've done it. Mm-hmm. There are so many laws on the books that they have passed, and this really, really, what it amounts to is they have passed so many laws that can that that they can prosecute you for and make you out to be a criminal. And and I submit they've done this yeah. so they can pick and choose anyone they want to arrest, to convict, and to put away. Right. This isn't just about Donald Trump. Look, Steve Bannon, uh, 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 Roger Stone. Uh, 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 Peter Navarro. This is yeah. not about a liberal ideology or a democratic principle. This mm. is totalitarianism, and they're using the official uh, branches uh, of the government right. to take out their enemies. This yeah. is not. This is not American democracy. This is. This is something completely uh, okay. dangerous. And this concludes words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. And there you go. Um, yes, there, I was talking a little bit. What, what didn't pass the smell test was the thing about the whole trying to, you know, only weed out the supposedly suspicious voter registrations in the city of New Orleans. That didn't pass the smell test to me, especially because, you know, I, I kind of view it as the boy who cried wolf in that um, – you know, they, they, they lie, 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 lie. Unfortunately, when conservatives hear, hear the story, many conservatives hear the story of the boy who cried wolf, the moral of that story that they get is not don't lie because people will stop believing you. It's, it's well, maybe I should continue to listening to this person who is lying because of the fact that they might tell the truth the next time, which is why they continue to talk about that. And Agoff Twitler stole a little bit of my thunder there in the chat in that there is a I agree that there are too many laws. I said that to a pre to, to the other caller who called in earlier in the show. There are too many laws. We should reduce the amount of laws that we have. I'm fine with that. Now, not randomly. There are laws that are good and that need to be there and laws that are bad that don't need to be there. Um, but the biggest difference, one of the biggest differences, I should say, between what happened with Hillary Clinton and what happened with Donald Trump, one of them is the fact that Hillary Clinton's information was on a, a server, information was on a server that was secure as opposed to in boxes at Mar-a-Lago, two different things. But when Hillary Clinton, even if she did mishandle the information, when she did it, it would have only been a misdemeanor and maybe as such not worth the time of the FBI to go into all that, especially if there's no evidence of any harm with the server. Donald Trump, on the other hand, he's the one that made it a felony with five years punishment for, I guess, each count of mishandling of classified information. And I'm assuming if you were somebody who was a prosecutor and trying to nail somebody to the wall, that each document that you mishandled would be an additional count. So you could lock somebody up for life for mishandling multiple documents, especially if those documents turn up to be, uh, you know, have been shared with other people who should not have been shared to. So, there, there's that. So that, that's the first, that's my words of redneck wisdom. I hadn't made one of those in a while. And when I heard this guy calling, I was like, I got to use this guy because it's amazing. So um, got Matthew and Metairie, a guy that calls into the show regularly. Um, let, let's play his first. Yesterday, Dan gave away the game. 
and I'd like to thank him for that. He's brought, he mentioned election deniers. And it's like, why did he bring that up? It suddenly occurred to me. He has been under the impression that there's actually a majority of support for his ideas. And there is. If, if we prove that the 2020 election was stolen, I think the proof is there. It means that, well, no, his ideas are not in the majority. People really don't, aren't with him on the majority of his opinions. They are. And that, in fact... Okay, I guess that's the end of it. Um, I kind of ended that one kind of weirdly. But, yeah, again, I brought up... um, election deniers because to me the people who are behind the removing of the registered voters uh, who they feel are not legitimate in the city of uh new orleans um to me those are probably the same people who are election deniers and also i also talked about like the election like the threat another thing i was talking about was the threat of the gop because there was another guest that this person regularly has on guy called Chad, Rod- Chad Rogers. If you want to l- look at his website, it's the deadpelican.com. It's like, um, what's the name of that other site? That's a larger site that I forget. Um, it's not Breitbart. It's one of the other kind of conservative sites that kind of just lists articles that like all over the place in a very messed up way. I forget. I'll remember it like five minutes after the show ends. Anyway, he was saying, why are all these liberals, you know, talking about, um, talking about, the threat of the GOP, the threat of MAGA when they control the federal government. And I was like, well, yeah, we may have a a slim majority in the House because we have two independents that caucus with us and the vice president, and we might have a slim majority in the House. But when we're talking about the threat of MAGA folks, we're not just talking about that. We're talking about the threat at date level. We're talking about the threats of insurrection. And we're talking about the threats of trying to kick people off the voter rolls to give liberals even more of a weakened say than they already have in the electoral process, especially in red states that are trying to diminish the say of uh, Democrats therein. So, yeah, that's why I brought up uh, the people who are election deniers, because the election deniers to me are the people that are causing these problems. They, they think that there was this big fraud or they, they or some of the they'll say that there's a big fraud because I know. I'm pretty certain that that a large chunk of the people at the higher up stage know that there wasn't a fraud. They just know that they can lie about it. And enough of Donald Trump's poorly educated will be like, that's right. There was a fraud. It had to be. No one's going to vote for Joe. Excuse me. Joe Biden when he campaigns from the bunker. Anyway, so. But this then. So I brought up my point to Jeff with all this, with my problems with the not passing the smell test. And I brought it up with, uh, with also the issue with the fact that, you know, these people can't consider the fact that maybe homeless people should, should still be able to vote and they should be listing as an address, a legitimate place like a UPS store, because if they put their address as their old address and people try and look and they're not there, well, they're going to get kicked off the rolls. So, um, so this is where the, the infighting took place, and, and this was amazing. 
Good morning. Hey, Jeff. You know, I agree with you 99% of the time, but I have to say, the, um, Liberal Dan got you to admit homeless people should vote. I don't know, I don't know where you're coming from, but that's a democratic strategy. For one thing, municipalities have no idea how many homeless people there are in the country. So we're going we're gonna to start letting them vote. They, Liberal Dan backed you into saying that you and, and this is well, not about you. I, you know I, I said to him, you. I don't think homeless people are worried about voting. I mean, they're worried about you know where they're going to get their next meal. I mean, they're point, most of them you, you, really have mental illness the right that they're that they're dealing with. And uh, uh, you did say they should have the right to vote. Well, if if they're not homeless anymore, Liberal Dan, you're a phony, dude. Why don't you take some some homeless people mm. in and rehabilitate them? You're such a good liberal. Why don't you take them in, <laughs> feed them? All right, let me ask you this, Bernard. Let's say a person uh, living in a house uh, in New Orleans uh, can't keep up with this Biden uh, administration, uh, is forced out of their house, uh, can't pay the rent anymore, has to go out on the street. But that person has been voting for years. So just because that person has been forced out on the street, even though that person has been voting for years because he can't keep up with the expenses in a Biden economy, can't keep up with all the inflation, has to go out on the street because it's that bad. And there are a lot of Americans that are doing that because they can't pay the bills and people are paying, living paycheck to paycheck. Should that person lose his right to vote? Yes. You're, you're taking the liberal point of view once again. Somebody has to no, lose their right to The person should lose their right to vote because for, they can't pay the bills? Time, yes, they should, Jeff. You, you're okay. taking the liberal point of view, my man. The liberal and, and, point of view. No, I'm pointing out that people are losing the their homestead because of the Biden economy. That, let me get Michelle in on this. They we'll, lose it because they go crazy. Okay. They should, All right. Just let me let, finish. Let me, That's, uh, you know, I don't want to come back to you. I'm going to come back to you. I want to get okay. Michelle in, and then I'll come back to you. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I get what you're saying, Bernard, but there's, it's also called a human rights issue. You know, these aren't – they're not criminals. I mean, some of them are, but you're talking about – so you're basically going to say then our, our veterans that happen to be homeless, you should take away their right to vote when they actually fought for this country? Yeah. That would we're be not horrible. Away their right Hell to no. Vote. We're, we're, <laughs> yes, we should never are. take their right to, away, to, their vote, right to vote away. I'm sorry? We should never take the right of our veterans, uh, the right to I'm vote away. They sacrificed away, everything for our country. In an election where they don't have a, a domicile, they should not be able to vote. It's too easy to cheat now, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And this is just another ploy for them to find another okay. way that they can cheat. All this, okay. oh, I feel so sorry. Liberal Dan. Take a homeless okay. person in, you hypocrite. Well, I'm this week's Hypocrite of the Week is Liberal Dan for not bringing in homeless people into his house, but thinking they should be able to vote. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this dude's saying the quiet part out loud, but it, it's great that, you know, they were infighting, that they were in like, oh, you're a liberal, Jeff. You're taking the liberal point of view because you think that homeless people should be able to vote and that you should have to have a domicile to be able to cast a ballot. Fortunately, the law doesn't agree with him in, in theory, uh, but even though there are – I'm sure there are people who are homeless who do get kicked off the voting rolls because of, uh, of that. But let's see. What did he call me? I'm a hypocrite. I'm a, see, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a phony, too. I was also a phony because I don't have homeless people living with me. I'm also amused that 
the guy that was the guy that was talking there was Jeff, and he's the guy that his, his show it is. And I, I was amused at the fact that he spun it to the whole. Oh well, this is because of the Biden economy that people are getting homeless, and people who are homeless because of the Biden economy shouldn't be able to um, shouldn't be able to uh, shouldn't lose their ability to vote, especially if they're veterans. And this dude went all in and like, if they're veterans and they don't have a place to live, they shouldn't be able to vote. And I'm like, but this isn't uh, this isn't person's uh, idea. I've heard the idea. You know, there are people who still think that you should own land have to be a landowner, not just a renter, but a landowner to be able to cast a ballot. There are some people who think that the more acreage you own should give you more say in elections, like a, a, a some sort of sick, twisted form of a meritocracy that only judges you by merit based off of how much property you can afford, that sort of thing. Like, these people are out there, and it's scary. And I mean... And this Jeff, look, I've known Jeff for a very long time. I've known him since before 2004. Um, as I ran for Congress in 2004, and even though he's a Republican, he was very helpful. He was one of the few people that actually helped me when I ran for Congress. So um, that's why, even though we kind of butt heads on a lot of things, that I'm, I'm not necessarily as apt to toss him aside. Even though he is very MAGA, I mean, he is very, very conservative, but. Sometimes he'll make sense, like believing that somebody who's homeless should still be able to cast a ballot. But then um, there's the plenty of other ones who will say, no, you shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, Aaron's, Aaron's like, well, F me then. I'll never own property. Well, the first has nothing to do with the second, right? Um, but let's see. There's more on the homelessness thing here. Bernard accused you of having the liberal position on you know, whether the homeless can be registered to vote. And, yes, you do have a liberal position on that. But I'd love to know what Bernard's idea is. Is a conservative position. BlackRock sends you to a camp where you get re-educated and you get your, uh, your vote back. Uh, I hesitate to think about that. So, the, I mean, but there is another, I think that's the same, he called in, I think that time it was Matthew from Homa, but I think Matthew from Homa, Matthew from Metairie are the same thing, same person. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even he's like, I shudder to think, what Bernard's version of the, the conservative idea that you shouldn't be able to cast a ballot. Uh, so I, I'm glad that I'm st- I've started a fire and started some infighting amongst the people who are callers to that show because, holy crap, it's exposing some of them for who they really are. The more they fight amongst each other, the less time they have to you know disenfranchise other people. Um, Jeff, you can't have that puppy because that's my puppy. <laughs> That's that's my puppy that I'm that I'm getting. I'm getting my puppy uh, in just about a month now, in a month and two days. Uh, it's getting close. Um, I think there was one more. Uh, one more. Where was it? Oh, there was the voter registration thing. Now this guy, I said I, that maybe I won't pick on him as much, simply because of the fact that. Um, he has some issues, but I mean, I love this clip of his. We don't care about evidence. We don't care about evidence. <laughs> uh, c- clearly, that's true. And there's another. Uh, but here's he called in again with with this as well. This is my last clip of of that show uh, that we'll be playing because you know we do care about evidence, even if they don't. We don't care about evidence. 
Uh, so here we go. Here's Cash Money, the name he calls in under. All right. Comment to the Dan, you know, yes. uh, his attitude. He's always trying to quote stats and beat up the system. You know, we're talking about elections. We all know there's more than 100,000 non-voters on the rolls throughout the country. It's not just down there in New Orleans. Let's shut down the country mid-October and for a week and re-register every single legal American voter in America. Re-register. Don't tell me we can't. We can do anything we want. We don't need time. And your regular patron, um, your caller, you know, who calls in all Mondays, um, I'm blanking. Chad Rogers, our ringside all-star Chad. You know, Mm -hmm. he rubs me wrong. He's always, I feel like he's trying to slightly beat up on Trump to say that he didn't have enough stamina to defend against all the options that are out there. And he shouldn't. The documents are evidence against the 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 treasonous pigs he took evidence he's allowed to have that evidence he knew exactly what he was keeping and he needs that for his future cases against the fbi against the clintons against people we need to re-register every voter we need to hear what we actually think we need our intentions to deliver and we don't need time to continually happening 20 20 months in we're gonna we're gonna withstand this for 28 more months no this needs to end today. This needs to end this year. We need to do something as a people immediately, as one, together. I don't care how, but we know our attitudes. Everybody in the country is on the same page. All 3,000-plus counties plus parishes, they shut the country down for a week to re-register every voter in America. Don't tell me we can't. We already know there's so many cheats on the board. Something has to be done now. And, Jesse, I appreciate your passion, son. You keep preaching to us. That's all I got, Jeff. Yeah, everybody's on board with that. If everybody was on board with it, they'd do it. But most people aren't on board with that because that's a ridiculous idea to force everybody to re-register. Yeah, that, that's not going to work. But, you know, this is the same guy that wants to seize Facebook when you lock up Zuckerberg for treason and he thinks Zuckerberg should be shot or something because that's what he believes. And that's not what I believe. Anybody on YouTube who thinks I'm exposing violence, I'm just saying what other people want. Um, I don't have the big satire thing that Hal has. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm always trying to quote stats. That maybe gave me a good chuckle. chuckle. Yes. How dare I look at numbers and figures and try and use logic and reason to try and determine what I'm talking about? No, I, I care about the evidence, apparently. Uh, I'm just frankly surprised that he didn't use the, We're, don't tell me we can't do it. We're Americans, not Americans. Surprised he didn't say that, give that line. Although I've used that line before sometimes against conservatives when conservatives are like, we can't do that. Yes, we can. We're Americans, not Americans. Um, Oh, it's hysterical. Anyway, let me let me go ahead. I would just uh, I do want to reshare the GoFundMe link uh, again. This GoFundMe link, a uh, friend of mine, uh, their son, their child is getting abused uh, from the domiciliary parent. Um, ignore the fact I'm, I'm trying to avoid the genders of everybody because I don't want I want it to be less obvious as to who it is. If just in case if anybody's listening, um, they I think they went ahead and got took a loan out to get. Uh, the legal process started, but they don't have the money to, to, to pay off that loan. They're just desperate to be able to protect their child from the abusive parent who is the current domiciliary parent, even though they share custody. So 
that's why I'm kind of pushing this. Uh, but more, I think, above and beyond, I think I want to push this, at least in the, in the short term, more than the other stuff. Like, yeah, I, I'd love anybody who's a patron. I love anybody who buys me ciders and who Venmos me and everything. And it's awesome, and I appreciate it muchly. Uh, but I also, if, if again, if you can't donate $5, I understand. If you can donate $5 or more, great, please. But if you can't, if you can or you can't, just share the link. Make sure that other people see it because other people might want to help too. And enough $5 contributions might get us to where we need to go. Um, I'm about a ninth of the way at the estimated cost at this point, um, including fees, including the fees that, that you have to pay from GoFundMe. So um, let's see. Alaraja, I have two sister baby kittens. Couldn't decide which one, so I got both. Let me tell you about that, Alaraja. Let me let me tell you about baby kittens. Uh, last year, uh, my uh, nine-year-old or my eight-year-old at the time, he was like, "I don't think I could live if I don't have a cat," because he loved the cats. He loved s'mores that we had when s'mores passed away, um, and Vester also passed away. I don't think he was as keen on Vester as he was on S'mores, but he really wanted to have a cat. And we kept showing them you know, pictures of baby kittens. And a friend of mine fosters from, you know, birth till uh, they can be adopted out. And she does a great job with it. And that's where we ended up getting those kittens from. And it was much easier to adopt the kittens than it was to try and adopt a dog, as I said about last week. But yeah, we, uh, so we were like, okay, well, we're going to get a cat and we're like, okay, well let's go ahead and get two cats from the same, same sort of being raised together. Because if we get two cats, then they'll be able to play with each other, especially if like we're not home and then they, the cats can play with each other and they won't have to, you know, be alone in the house, but they'll have friends. Cool. Right. Fine. So we go ahead and we pick, I pick the one that I want. Um, Henry, my youngest son picks the one that he wants. Um, and then, uh, so we're sitting there and we're, we're getting ready to get the two. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then at the last minute, my wife is like looking at the third, the third cat, Agnes. And she was like, she's so precious. I need her. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and caved and we went ahead because we couldn't decide on whether or not, you know, which cats we should have. We should just went ahead and got three. So we have three cats right now. Um, oh, Patty. Remember you said you would sing happy birthday to me tonight. I don't know why I'm stretching my things. <clears throat> Let me take a sip of water. Should I do it like um, Marilyn or just, uh, let's see. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patty. Happy birthday to you. Oh, you said yes, Marilyn. Now, as I, as I stop singing, I should be a happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Patty Wack. Happy birthday. To you. <laughs> there you go. So two versions of happy birthday for Patty. So <laughs> yeah. So 
There you go. See, I'm a, I, I'm an interactive host. And, you know, I won't necessarily do a dance for you if you say so, but yeah. Uh, West Webb, I, I'm a vocal coach, but I think maybe you're beyond training. It's possible. I don't know. Some people think I'm a good singer. Some people think I don't. I don't know. Um, people are free to have their opinions. Uh, or, or, uh, it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Uh, let's go ahead and take the final commercial break. Um, and we'll come back. Uh, take any calls if you want to call in. Otherwise, uh, wait, where's the freaking? I, I need to do a better job of putting this audio better. I did say I would also play the Chopper City one just because we're talking about, uh, just because we were talking about Sturgis earlier on. So I might go ahead and do that once we get there. But I'm just not having a good time seeing. There it is. So anyway, we'll be back, uh, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dane Radio, all from the left. That's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberaldan.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left 
like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone, but I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberalband.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberalband.com. Growleft.liberalband.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. Welcome back to Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. It's your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. You guys can join the conversation. It's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. If you are in the uh, waiting room and you are waiting to get on the air with me, uh, please go over to the YouTube channel and put your uh, – let me see who is calling. Let me know your area code and say, this is my area code I'm calling in because – uh, we want to avoid any of the trolling that took place last the last time I or last show that I uh, allowed uh, people to come on, not realizing who who they were and what they were be. Now I was very brave, I think, bringing the last person on who was uh, calling into the show uh, because I I didn't think it was Hal, but I was I was doing it anyway. And well, uh, oh, it's U.S. Okay, we'll, we'll let you on then. Um, I was, uh, I was, I was having that, that I was just looking at the screen, having that, having the mouse button over the mute thing. I was like, if you, if I hear one word that starts with the letter N, I'm just going to mute it regardless of what it is. Cause I'm not risking that again. So I was not taking a risk I and mean, I was not going to risk it for a biscuit. As I say, um, uh, before I get you Wes, um, I do want to also share the link to the Liberal Band page of uh, Support These Creators. That's the page you can go to uh, to support people like Andrea, Ken, uh, TV2, um, Trucker John, um, Damanox, uh, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most of the smooth sounds of the uh, Percy podcast. And uh, uh, Hal's links are there as well. And it also has links that you can support me too. So go ahead to that to that page if, and go ahead and support and subscribe to all those channels. I think I also linked to Benny Loco. Um, but and if you have anybody else that you think should be on there, like left leaning uh, creators who I want to who should be supported, let me know. Send me an email liberaldayandradio@gmail.com. Send me the information and I'll and I'll both put them up on the page and I'll give them a little plug in the show because. With my grow left strategy, again, it's not just about raising money. It's about helping each other grow. And I want to be able to do that with whatever. And Hal seemed to say, Hal seemed to agree with that idea. We need to build up the farm team. So let's build up the farm team. Anyway, Wes says he's on the phone. So let's let's bring Wes on. Uh, what's going on, Wes? Not a whole lot. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing all right. So you, how about you sing happy birthday to Patty uh-huh. and see, see who's better? <laughs> Okay. Estas son las mañanitas que cantaba el rey David. A las muchachas bonitas se las cantamos así. 
despierta, mi bien despierta, mira que amaneció, ya los pájaros cantan, la luna ya se metió. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Paddywhack, happy birthday to you. Wow. I, I think there's the latency. I was not I impressing. I, I mean, they, yeah, they're, they're finally getting it in the chat. I was not expecting you to have pipes. So there you go. I'm impressed. Buddy, I am I'm impressed. a professional. Bellissimo. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, yep. I don't think we can do a singing lesson because there's too much of a latency. Maybe. I mean, well, but, you can hear me. You can hear me directly. Since you're on the phone, you can hear each other directly. It's just the people on the chat will hear both of us delayed. So that that's the issue. Okay, with the latency, let's try this. One, two, three. One, two, three. Wait, okay. that was that was all right. That was better than you saying happy birthday. Okay. I I apologize. You're better than I thought. You were awfully pitchy <laughs> hey. when you were singing happy birthday. <laughs> well, and you I were just to, trying to be funny. I mean, yeah, there's always that too. I mean, I think my voice kind of changes also when I, you know, when I'm trying to versus like sometimes I'll be trying to impress, do an impersonation of the singer that I'm trying to sing a song from over like just singing with my own personal voice. And sometimes that helps as well. But uh, yes, according to Les, Les goes, I have to say he may have upstaged you. I, I agree with you, Les. That was, that was very good. Uh, kudos, applause to Wes. Um, very good. It was, that was a very good song. I, I, that was really good. You really impressed me. So Thank there you, go. you. That's the birthday song in Mexico. Yeah. Well, there's the, I, I, I've never heard that one though. I've had the, I've heard the Feliz Cumpleaños version, the the Spanish version of the Happy Birthday song. I hadn't heard the other yeah, one. Yeah, that's so. shite. You know, my my sons probably yeah, know that's that. that's the one. I'm my both of my sons probably. probably know that song because they go to the Spanish immersion school. They just don't speak Spanish in front of us, so we don't know. Oh, sure. My yeah. bilingual kids knew it already, and even in kindergarten. But my English kids learned it in starting in third grade, but they'd heard it before that. So, you know, I think there was I one time bilingual. Was, yeah. there was one time a karaoke where I was there and like some song was playing of some like some a patriotic song. I don't know if it was God Bless America or something like that or or some other like patriotic song was like paying in the background between songs or whatever. And instead of just doing my 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 normal singing voice, I was like. God bless America. And they were like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, they never heard that from me. <laughs> I'm singing that low. So. No, that's not even Kate Smith. <laughs> but anyway. So, but thank you. So where, do you think, do, do you think I ahead. sound Southern? Um, not when you sing, but you, your, your accent does sound Southern when you, when you have your regular voice. Okay, yeah, because I'm from the country, and, and, you know, I'm up here with all the Swedes and stuff like that, and they think I sound southern, and I'm from central Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, southern is often, can also often be, like, rural. Like, there are people from rural who can have lots of similarities to, you know, a, a southern type of accent, but, yeah, I mean, I could see it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, anyway, what is what I'm why I'm saying that even is because people automatically discount you if you sound like you come from the country. Well, that's why um, I, I really Crowder, believe that. The, huh? the Trey, Trey, Trey Crowder, the comedian, like the, you, you first start, you know, you first start listening to Trey Carter at Crowder and he causes you to, I guess, disbelieve you're like, well, what's this person about to say? And you're anticipating something, you know, something that might be coming from a MAGA type person. And all of a sudden he starts talking liberal stuff and you're like, whoa, what? So, yeah, you have to. That's one. Oh, uh, uh, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's another guy too. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he has the like the long red beard or whatever, and he's definitely like over the top. Like you know, I, he he pretends to be conservative, but then he makes liberal mm. points by being excessively conservative. Sure. And, yeah, but, I've heard anyway. guys like that. But yeah, but yeah, I, I, I guess there's an unfortunate thing. Like sometimes you think if someone talks in a British accent, you might think they're <clears throat> they're more intelligent, but if someone talks like this, you might assume that they not might not be very well educated. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but it's why. And they and might I, be Will Rogers, or they might be oh, what's that turd that Hal keeps showing us? Uh, Mike Lindell. The guy from the movies. No, the oh, English guy. Oh, uh, Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that more of a Cockney type of one, so that that doesn't necessarily translate to being well educated. Um, yeah, but, and Cockney people are not necessarily uneducated either. It's right. just the way they speak. But I had a I had on one of my I haven't done a mini cast in a while, but over on Anchor, the Anchor.fm, if you go to minicast.liberaldan.com, one of the shows I did, I think I called the show Black Hair Don't Care, and I was talking about how. We have unreasonable expectations of black people when they go to interviews and how they can't have natural hair. But I think in that episode, yeah. I also talked about, I talked about code switching in that one because you have uh, black people are, are very aware, well aware that, um, that, that when they're going for a job interview, that they have to uh, present a different version of themselves. Like they might, in, in their home life, they might be more relaxed. They might sound... Um, differently than they would in a job interview and that and that's called code switching because they know that if they sound if they talk casually as a black person they're less likely to get the job than if maybe a white person would talk casually but it's possible that you sure. might have people from you know with southern type accents who might also need to code switch a bit if, if they want to be viewed as, as as not or not automatically be assumed as that and we shouldn't have to do that people shouldn't have to do people should be judged on who they are, not what they look like and what they sound like. But oh, yeah. Well, even going, I went to kind of a snobby private college. And right. even going there from coming out of the country, you know, I was top of my class in, in high school. And then I come in there and, oh, they think I am a hick, you know. And you kind of <laughs> adapt the way you speak just just so people don't automatically judge you on the way you're the way you're talking well, look, the, the way I started saying y'all was I was there was a, I was a freshman year in my dorm in my dorm at Tulane. Uh, one of the guys in my dorm, his girlfriend from Baton Rouge would come visit a lot. And she would always be like, y'all, 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 y'all. And she would always use y'all. And so we would be like, y'all, 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 just kind of making fun of it or whatever. And we didn't like, we were trying to be yeah. mean, but we were just kind of, I picked up y'all because I said, because I kept, I, I made fun of first or I was mocking the y'all too much. 
Like I was not mean, not in but, a mean way, but still, I, I was saying y'all so much, it just clicked and it just stuck. And now I say y'all. And then the first so, time I went, I used to say it. I used to say it naturally, but that was one of the things I stopped saying. You know, you just, you just, if you if you say y'all instead of, and then I started saying you guys, and now I get in trouble for saying that because there's ladies. I always think of girls as guys. Some, you know, that's just in my brain. Oh, shout out to my beloved witches, though Erin from the West and Andrea from the East, and Jolie is the good witch from the North and South. From both places. And and uh, Benny Loco is their queen, of course. Sure, but no, like the thing is, like I, <laughs> what was it? Like I, I, I went up north back home for for thanksgiving one year and i we were sitting at the thanksgiving table and i was like y'all i said y'all doing something and and my like one of my cousins my older cousins was like y'all like couldn't believe i said y'all I'm like yes I, i've lived in new orleans for years now it, it's quite obvious that i'm going to pick up something and i picked up y'all although no no oh, yeah, they say yuns down there yuns yeah all y'all well there are all there's all y'all then there's all y'all which is the plural of y'all. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, my family, the webs down down in central South Illinois, still say y'all. Nice. Uh, anything else you want to pop in before we I go? I love to you too, podcast? Andrea. <laughs> I I miss what you said. <laughs> I miss what you else, said, Dan. Anything else that you want to say before before I I'm probably gonna end the show soon. So, is there anything else you want to say? No, I got really nothing to plug. I do have music but I'm not going to force anybody to listen to it on the West web channel. And, you know, also my other names, the, uh, right now it's called dark West dark Webster. And that is my old school name. And that has kids, kids songs on it. And then WW spelled out D U B Y A D U B Y A has other stuff that sort of covers and stuff. Cool. Well, I'll definitely check it out and see. I know I'll, I'll give it a subscribe as well. But thank you very yeah, much for coming. I don't up. make a profit or anything from it. I just I just have it out there for my friends to listen to. Cool. But again, thank you for the thank you for the lovely songs and for showing me up because it was you did a good job. <laughs> no, I love you, Danny. You know that. I and I'm so jealous of Hal's attention on you. I, I'm not talented enough to to have any show or anything like that, but I would love to talk to him on the phone for a while. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, frankly, I I was I was shocked when it happened, and I'm glad that it's continuing to happen that we get along so well. Yep. But yeah, it's hey, awesome. Well, thank you, you so much. Have a good yep. one, man. Uh, you too, buddy. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So if, unless anybody else has anything, anyone to talk about, um, I'm probably going to go ahead and end the show at this point. I think. Two and a half hours has been good enough, right? Might keep the chat open a little more as as the ending song plays or, or what have you. Uh, so, um, let's see, sign language has accents. I guess sign language could have accents if you are speaking with your um, with your uh, what you call it. Yeah, Wes, can, you can call in on Saturday show and Hal because Hal takes Hal takes calls on Saturday and also he takes calls when he subs in on that station for on the other days as well. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Um, do the end. If I can find the show end. Oh, no, I was going to play chopper city first. Let's go ahead and play the first chopper city. 
if I can find there he is, Liberal Dance Chopper City. We'll do that, and then we'll go ahead and end the show. Weird dog down here in Liberal Dance Chopper City. We got some steals on Harley Davidson's today. Turns out holding circus wasn't that bright of an idea. But while festival goers pass away, we're passing on the savings to you. All our Harleys come freshly sanitized for your riding comfort. And while supplies last, we're throwing in some antibacterial gel and a 12-pack of two-ply, just in case the stores run out again. So come on down to Liberal Dance Chopper City and get you a hog today. Liberal Dance Chopper City is a fictional establishment, and we don't know what the death toll of Sturgis will be. And there you go. So that's, you know, that was that was brought to you by, by when, when they held Sturgis, and I was like, really? Um, but yeah, Sturgis may, have, may very well have uh, caused lots of deaths and may very well have caused more deaths than 9-11 did, but yet we're, we have still have people in the country that didn't want to take it seriously, unfortunately. So, um, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining in. Everybody who subscribed, uh, thank you as well. I appreciate it. Please make sure to share the channel. We're trying to get that 1,000. I would love to make it rain on Hal's channel sometime soon. I would love to be monetized by the end of the month. And I think if Hal does come back on in two weeks, uh, we'll be able to do that. So that's the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, I'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, here on YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio. I'll also be on Twitch tomorrow night, 8 p.m., twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. You just go to nerdydan.com to find out or follow me at nerdydan.com, nerdydan, D-O-T-C-O-M, all one word, on Twitter, on Facebook as well. Um, I'm looking for some more viewers over there. If you want to play games, if you've got some new games to play with me, that'd be cool too. Anyway, so the next time, this is Dan Zimmerman from Will Dan Radio. Off to the left. That's right.